Bev's Video Kingdom is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Bev's Video Kingdom is brought to you by Angus Bethune's Horrible Memories Custom Alarm Clocks. Do you have a hard time waking up in the morning? Life got you so exhausted that you keep falling asleep at odd times and strange places? Do you have friends or family members who keep falling asleep at your house when all you want is for them to wake up and get the fuck out? Well, we may have a solution for you. Here at Angus Bethune's Horrible Memories Custom Alarm Clocks, we can create a tailor-made experiential machine that's guaranteed to awaken Indian archaleptic. Our founder, Angus Bethune, came up with this idea after realizing Reveille from boot camp was a perfect way to stir up granddad's PTSD and get his old ass moving. Just fill out an easy survey for yourself, friend or loved one, We'll narrow down exactly what type of hellish awakening will do the trick. Maybe it's the theme song to the horror movie that you were way too young to watch. The flushing sound of the toilet that disposed of your first pet goldfish. Perhaps it's the sound of your father taking off his belt. Whatever it may be, we'll narrow down the perfect sound to get you up and at him, soldier. Angus Bethune's Horrible Memories Custom Alarm Clocks. Wake up, fuckers. <laughs> Scott, you know what yours is. The t- oh, oh, shit. I want to be at Beverly's bringing me home with my movies just to find by. I can brag your favorite podcast. Let's start this thing. What is up in the kingdom? This is Bez Video Kingdom, and we are back today with one of my picks. This is Nate. Um, and this kind of fits like squarely, squarely into my wheelhouse. We are talking today about the 1995. High school coming of age comedy Angus. I, I just want to say right off the bat, it's interesting. We we just did Tommy Boy last week, and now we're doing Angus. Like, are, are we gonna give this month a name or something? Are we gonna are we gonna throw a nickname out there? Is it is it Big Kid Month or what? What do we got going here? <laughs> <laughs> I like where you're going with this. I, I, did, nice. I did, honestly, I didn't even think about that theme. Because for me, like Angus is just so. I mean, so 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 you know, the, you've all seen it, uh, or or you haven't, uh, but you should. So you know, like this part of the frame, right? Is that Angus is a is a chubby kid, and he kind of gets picked on, and ident- he identifies as a child. Like, like it's not that like we just see him and think he's a chubby kid, or that the bullies do. We hear right off the bat, right, that he he sort of thinks of himself as right. being right. He identifies. You know, as a he's kid. he's self conscious about it. He sees that as a central part of why he's kind of less popular why he gets picked on is he's a chubby kid um and for me right like i wasn't i wasn't a chubby kid at that age right like i, I was in i was in great shape um oh great that, shape wow he's just throwing adjectives brad you tell me was he in great shape he, he was i was in great shape it went downhill in a hurry after that but, but, it, but, it, but then i was wow but but i but i identified totally with him right like in some of the ways like you know because for me a lot of it was about like the way he saw himself was there, there was this insecurity that was sort of built in and, and that like i i could identify with that at that time even though it wasn't the same thing right but anyway, so, so we're talking about this 95 Angus. Um, it was a very modest 
budget and a relatively modest but profitable box office. So it was a $1.5 million budget. It made four point eight in the box office. Um, I, there's no way to know how much it made with DVD and, and you know, I guess it would have been probably not VHS at that time, but VHS and DVD and, and other sort of runs. But I, my sense is that this is more of a, like, cult classic or a cult catch-on. But that said, right, how many of us at the table here, uh, and we'll introduce our, our fourth here in a second, but Scott, had you seen it before? Not only had I never seen this film, I never heard of this film. Okay. I, I had no clue, and you've brought it up a couple times. You, we were, you guys were going to do it you know, a couple times. Said, oh, our next movie is going to be Angus, and you guys didn't. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's <laughs> the whole... The, t- the timelines on BVK, yeah. you know, they, they never work out properly. And every time, I'm like, what the... I, I don't even know what that is. I have no clue. And so... And then... So I, it, was, it was nice because I got to discover this movie, and... I actually I started to watch a trailer, just started it. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go in completely blind. Yeah. So I kind of I knew who was in it for the most part. I kind of knew how to do it with the fat kid, and that was it. So I went into it completely blind. And like you were saying about the, the, the cult classic part of it, I, I did, you know, doing some research on this, a lot of articles about why you should love Angus and why nobody knows about it or something like type of thing where yeah. it's like, this is a movie you need to watch and you know, you missed it. And, and so there's a lot of articles about that out there. Yeah. People that are, that are, they love this movie and it's very nostalgic and I could see, I wish I watched it at that age yeah. because it would have been, it, it would be, I would feel like you do. Yeah. I, this would be one of my films yeah. because I was a big kid. I was a fat kid my whole life. I'm a fat adult now. And you were it, a lineman in football. I was a lineman in football. I was in the marching band, but you know, so I was in, kind of a nerd and, <laughs> and, and a jock at the same time. So it, and I, you know, I had the, the love interest that was unattainable type situation, you know? And so this movie, as I'm sitting there going, God damn, this was right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. And so, um, but watching it as an adult now, it was kind of a weird watch in a lot of ways. There's some things that a lot of things I loved, but the middle of it, I have some issues with, and we'll get into it. And I don't, I don't want to be a dick, but well, it's just hard to watch it as Just then don't be a dick, dude. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Brad, you had not seen it either, though, right? Which is weird because, I mean, in, in the mid-90s, Wait, I was it's watching. It's weird because I probably told you to watch it, so you were like, fuck you. <laughs> You're like, fuck you. I'm not going to watch it. Add for it to the fuck. list, motherfucker. I'm not going to watch it for 22 years, so Add it to the goddamn that. list. Yeah. Uh, you probably said, yeah, check this out. I was like, fuck you. Um, <laughs> but, on brand. Get you, put your towel on, you fucking specimen. <laughs> Um, no, but I, I thought I'd see, like, I wasn't sure if I'd seen it. Obviously, I think I mentioned on the pod, I thought Gerard Depardieu was in it. I thought it was something, <laughs> something completely else. I don't know what I thought it was, but I'm waiting for that scene. Like, oh yeah, I remember this. And as I watched the movie, that never showed up. So I was like, God damn, I guess I never did see this. And with all the people in it that, that, that kind of stand out, I was like, yeah, I definitely have not seen this. And I'm not going to say it's a great movie, but there are some great things about it. And I think it makes some amazing points with regards to uh, uh, there's some great emotional sequences, some some scenes where Angus with his both his grandpa and with his mom, some amazing scenes, like yeah. some really like heartfelt stuff. And there's some things I was like rooting for. I was like, God damn, I feel this like that. I, yeah. I uh, uh, we need more of this today, like the support for like for each other and stuff. And uh but I mean, as far as the movie itself, the plot is just kind of, it's kind of silly and there's, there's definitely some problems I have it and we'll, we'll talk about those later. But, uh, all in all, 
I enjoyed it. I was like, you know what? I really there, there's a lot of things that resonated here, and and I feel like the, the the ultimate message is positive. And you know what? That's shit we need right now. All right, so I'm going to introduce our our fourth here, um, and, and and let me preface this by saying. So you, you might remember from our office space pod, and back then we still did the draft together, and the, oh, yeah, the draft was, there was, was the most memorable uh, bosses. And Katie, a good friend of my wife's from college, came on and, and was our one of our very early judges. Um, so so Katie and my wife are really good friends, and so uh, Katie, um, you know, met her her husband, and the first time her husband and I met, uh, who's uh, we we kind of like were chatting, realized we're both huge movie fans. Uh, and, and so we're like kind of going through, you know, like you do, you know, you kind of go through like, what are your movies? What are your movies? And somehow like not too far into the conversation, one of us is like, Oh, well, you know, like what about Angus? And like, it was just like the record stopped and we were just both like, you like Angus? And we just fucking geeked out on this. We were like, you know, all the way through it, all the things we love, all the favorite stuff. And so, so we, the next time we saw each other, we, one of us brought the DVD and we sat and watched the movie together and stuff. So, so I was like, so when we started the podcast, uh, Tony was, I was like, Hey, if you ever do Angus, like I would love to be on it. And I'm like, dude, done. If you, when, next time you come to visit from the East coast, we're doing Angus and you're on and Tony, you are on. Man. I, well, welcome to be. Okay. I am on. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to 104 degrees out here on the, uh, the outdoor bed studio. Oh, oh my word! I am actually kind of used to 104 degrees, whether it be my hometown of El Paso, Texas, or in Baltimore, Maryland, where I currently reside, where it may not be 104 degrees, but it sure damn feels like that it with humidity. that damn humidity. <laughs> ah, 90, 90 degrees and 175. Oh humidity. yeah, it's perfect. yeah, yeah. It's perfect. So, like okay. you just sweat through your clothes. It's just you know. A little nasty, but so, so tell me why, like why, why, tell me why Angus is such a, like a big movie for you. And, and by the way, so you're the so so Brad and I and Tony are all class of '97. So yes. it's like this yep. is the same you know like time that we, we same saw it. time. And I feel like you know it's it, it was just very poignant to me because I was that big swarthy kid growing up. I mean, starting from eight years old on, I was just big. I was just swarthy, and I was just, you know, really awkward and just out of touch with the normal life. I mean, you'll you'll hear that word a lot in this movie is normal. Um, I I felt like I identified with Angus. I mean, and I think Scott really hit it. It's like it's weird to watch it now if you're seeing it for the first time. But when you're a 15-year-old sophomore who's just feeling really out of place where he is in life and in his high school or anything in like in life— you you want you want to root for this. You want you want to identify. You want to find something to identify yourself with, and I think the story of Angus just really presents itself in his uh, relationship with uh, his grandpa Ivan or with his mom. Basically, shows that you know there there is definitely hope uh, when it comes to it. At that point, I was in high school, obviously, and. I would say that I had like I was still struggling with life in, in general, and I just needed a role model. And there was a role model that came into my life, much like uh, Ivan was Grandpa, uh, George C. Scott's character. And he basically he wouldn't say it's sum it up as say screw it, you know, but basically he just said you need to stop being aware of what other people think about you. Mm-hmm. All right, and that was very poignant to me. And that came around just before Angus came out, and basically Angus Angus was just like a lot of confirmation about that belief. So, so what's funny about that for me is like, and and, and I totally, and I wonder whether or not this resonates with Brad and and Scott, like the things that maybe are positive takeaways. But like, 
as a kid, I loved this movie in a way that I don't think I could have described. And, you know, this is common on Bez Video Kingdom it's to some extent, you know, that I don't really think carefully about it. But I really think even if I thought about it at that time, I would have just been like, I, I just, you know, I'm rooting for this hero and I kind of like the the sort of like, you know, happy ending of it. And I like the, the dynamics of some of the conversations and the funny dialogue. But it, I think it wasn't until years later that a couple of the most meaningful things came through. One that that is really, you know, the, the Superman uh, isn't brave thing is like, mm-hmm. been, you know, for me, for probably a decade, I've like trotted that out a lot. But the other one that I don't even think in some ways I've learned until the last few years and that hit me harder this time than I'd ever watched it was the screw it, you know, screw a mangus. Yeah. Like, don't ever care what anybody screw thinks. Yeah. And like it took it took took me a really long time like to 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 you know many years after mm-hmm. you know, angus was a was a was a movie i loved and that like i kind of missed that in some mm-hmm. way right i was like that wasn't part of what consciously was what i loved about it but now i'm kind of like oh dude that, fuck, that's that's in some you know it's top five advice right like if i'm gonna go 100%. if i'm gonna like mentor like you said you know if i'm gonna if i'm gonna encounter some high school kid who's struggling like definitely top five piece of advice is like, you got to stop thinking we'll care what anyone else thinks. Right. If you can learn that early mm-hmm. life is a lot better. And I it took me and I didn't right? like, I, I didn't learn that for way too many years. So I, I, there are things in this that still speak to me in ways that I don't mm-hmm. think they did then. And that's, that's something that's, I wish I, I, I saw this at that age. I wish I was your guys' age when this came out because I needed to hear that advice. I, I needed, cause I, I had, quite a few situations where I was bullied and picked on and I never really got that boost. And I, I found my confidence later in college, which I was in college when this came out. So it kind of makes sense why I didn't watch this. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And I, I remember seeing seven around that, that year. Oh, <laughs> Lord. So that was, that's what I was so, into. So instead of it being like, screw them, you were just like, what's in the box? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kill them all. What's in the box? Wait to hear my alternate uh. ending on this. Anyway, um, but yeah, so I just, so I'm, I'm curious, like, was this, some, was this a movie that when you saw, did the movie give you confidence based on, like, did you say, oh, my God, here's here's a guy I relate to. And at the end, he's telling everybody, look, dude, we're the fucking normal ones. You, you know, Vanderbeek, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. You know, did, did that kind of help at all as far as your attitude? I mean, absolutely. I, I, I mean, back in that day, one of my outlets was to go to the movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, my uh, my parents were split up by then. You know, it was just rough going. And the one outlet that I had from the one outlet that I had from the uh rigors of life at that point was to go to the movies and this movie basically it just popped up and i just wanted to go see something and i went and chose and chose to see this because i saw the previews because the soundtrack was freaking awesome yeah, we haven't even talked about awesome. we haven't talked about that yet and we, we have, have not to, we, like, we, we, we will talk we about can't the soundtrack sleep on that much longer we but. cannot speak we cannot hold back on the soundtrack that much longer but the fact is is that even though i came for the soundtrack uh, I left for the story. It was just something that was very poignant to me. It gave me a lot of hope. It gave me something to look forward to because, yes, I know that uh, if I just listened to the advice that my um, my teacher had given me, if I just continue watching and relating to this movie or any other movies that may give me confidence, then, yes, I will succeed. I will graduate from high school. I will say, fuck them, all right, to screw what everybody else thinks. I'm going to go get the job that I want. I'm going to go 
get the girl that I want to marry. And you know what? I did all those things. And I say, you know what? It all it it was all because I mean it wasn't just because I went to the theater that one day, but it was part of it. Right. Yeah. That was it's it it was part of the foundation. All right. So on the soundtrack, Brad, like how how good is this soundtrack for you? So it's it's right as the kind of punk and then kind of the ska punk like is just kind of starting to make its way around. And so you've got you've got Green Day, you've got uh, Weezer, and then you've got things like the Dancehall Crashers. I mean, it's got. Goo Goo Dolls, it's it's all that that mid nineties, uh, post grunge, starting to get into that kind of power punk type stuff, and and it's a lot of fun, and it just and it's it a, rocks. It's a funny one because like it's a real it's it's a killer killer soundtrack for that one moment. Like yeah, it's not it, you know because some soundtracks I'm thinking like of Days and Confused, like that's one it pulls from an era, but it's like a broader like that soundtrack is like you know an all timer kind of thing. You don't feel like it's just giving you this but like this movie for that one moment there's no more perfect like you know if it, it takes you to that time and you listen listening to the radio at that time and it's some great music right like i'm a huge green day fan and have, have been for a long time I, I really like the goo goo dolls so to me the soundtrack almost inexplicably like outkicks the coverage here in that a movie that doesn't have a huge budget you would think like you know, how did they do this? Right. Because music think, takes up a lot of budget. And I think part of the story here is that that the executive producer of this movie was at the time the producer for Green Day. Yeah. And so he's like, we're putting them on there. Exactly. So there's tons of Green Day references and there's Green Day in it. And, and that helps. He has that connection to get some the license to some of this other music cheap, I think. And, we, and we've talked about with, with Scotch, I mean, your whole situation with the American Pie 2 soundtrack. and. Right. and how they basically like screwed you guys over in, in a situation where the the music they put into the movie was not the music that was on the soundtrack, which was in this case, it's kind of the opposite where everything right. is on the soundtrack. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's always interesting to see, you know, they're just trying to, you know, put in the, the big hits and whatever. And then, you know, what the soundtrack that ended up being was different than a lot of there's a lot of songs in the movie that weren't on the soundtrack. And that's really strange. But American Pie is all those soundtracks actually capture the moment really well as well. I love those yeah. soundtracks. Yeah, yeah American Pies are, are really good, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you mentioned the um, it was funny because I was looking at the credits as I was watching this thing and a name went across and it said Elliot Kahn. And he's so he actually was an original member of Sha Na Na. <laughs> and so he was Green Day's manager. And he produced, he did the music in this film. Was behind a lot of it, and he was actually our lawyer at the end, toward, towards the end of our career for our band. Oh, wow. That's all the wow. like, dude, Elliot. Full Tom. circle. <laughs> Excuse me while I pick up this name. But yeah, no, it was just weird to see that, and, and then I, I, I didn't realize that he was actually Green Day's manager at the time when I was doing the research on this as well. So. Well, just that Weezer was also. I mean, the yeah. Mallrats, uh, and, and if you've heard our theme song. And you think, oh, that sounds a little bit like Weezer. Well, that's very intentional. Uh, uh, Zach's a huge fan. <laughs> Zach's not with us today. He couldn't make it. But, you know, uh, he's a huge fan of Weezer. And so uh, they were just getting into some movie soundtracks, I guess, trying to get, uh, you know, get their name out there a little bit more. And mm-hmm. then they start putting out the hits and videos. And, and they're and, and, f- and for me, huge. this is one of the sneaky best opening credits, like music sequences I've oh, ever seen. Absolutely. I mean, the it's not it's the, the song. I downloaded the song some years ago and listened to the song like as it as it is originally recorded, which is awesome. Awesome uh, by by Love Spit Love. One Love of the Spit worst yeah. names ever. <laughs> 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 worst names ever. Yeah. Horrible. Um, but, but I think it's great. Love the, Spit Love. 
and, and the song itself is is really good. Um, but the the way that they do it in the movie, where they incorporate the sounds of the marching band, the arrangement, it's yeah. unreal. Yeah, it like, is very cool. It, it's yeah. just it it kills. Every I don't ever get tired. I almost could watch. It's the only opening credits where I'm not like after I've seen it once. I'm like, okay, let's skip this. I'm like, oh, I'll watch this every. I, I, I will say this. I was watching with my son, who's uh, uh, high school. But he's also drum line and, and does the uh, the marching band stuff, and he's just like. Those drums are completely out of sync with the song right now. This is this is this is, pitiful. <laughs> this is trash. He was he was very critical <laughs> of, of the whole drumline sequencing. Oh, that he's like it's not matching up, uh, and they're they're not playing what it, what is actually showing uh, what it was coming through the speakers. And so yeah, he, he threw a critical ear to it, which but, I was like, shut up, kid. I'm watching this movie. <laughs> that's the problem shut with up. Ed- that's editing. Ever. Editing though, because like, there was a couple of spots where they actually nailed it. They had it good, but then all of a sudden there's a couple that wasn't. And uh, but yeah, whatever. So so, so I know I, I want to hear some of the problems, but before. Before I hear the problems, I want to throw out a couple things that, like, really, really, uh, that I really love about the movie. Number one for me is the, well, maybe number one is the couple of, like, real points of wisdom. So, like, you know, the, the Superman can't be, uh, you know, isn't brave and the, and the screw him, screw him, you know, uh, who cares what anybody else thinks. And I'd say the dynamic, the, 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 Back and forth between, especially Angus and George C. Scott, is is really like it's emotional at times. It's kind of it feels very real in a kind of quippy way. Like it it doesn't feel super forced for either on either side of it, which I really love. Um, and especially like where George C. Scott's playing this character that's kind of a little bit out of you know not his typical thing. You think of him as Patton, you know, so it's, yeah. it's kind of crazy. <laughs> Doctor Strange, but for me, the like maybe the number one sneaky thing is that like they don't do they don't they, they don't even though there's some very typical things about the plot, they don't just make everything completely cookie cutter the way you expect it. So like the fact that Angus beats the shit out of Rick throughout the movie, right? Like it's, you know, Rick is this like incredible bully, super nasty, super mean, and continues to be, but constantly gets his nose broken by Angus, right? Like, like (laughs) there's no, when else is like, you know, they're a bully that, you know, is beating, getting beat up by his victim. But it's, it's truth in that. And that's what I respected about it was the fact that I remember there was a bigger kid in, in one, in our class that, that, uh, was getting teased constantly. I think it was in PE, like in, in early high school and in the locker room, just this, this skinny little punk kid got wrecked by the, the big kid who was getting made fun of and just yeah came through and wrecked because he, yeah. he's uh, it's just a matter of physics. But, bigger but, boy is going to but, just but, smash but, but, on the but, little I mean, guy. I think, but I think what part of what that does, too, is it not only like sort of like tells that truth of it, but also that like bullying isn't always that, you know, like you can be a mean motherfucker. And not necessarily, you know, be able to beat anyone's ass. Like, men- you, you right. Know, you know, like the mental, the mental stuff is, yeah. yeah, that's really. And, that's, and that's, that's what kind of resonated with me from high school is that there was just a lot yeah. of mental shit that, like, I, I always felt that some of the people that were getting picked on, if they would have fought back, it would have been yeah, lights go- out for the bully yeah. a lot of times. But it's just, you know, you're not, they're not as nasty, right? And right. so, like, they didn't do it. Angus is really good at football, right? But he's in this, like, uncelebrated position, which, like, I've they got do such lots a- about that. Yeah. And they, well, but, but they do a great job of this. Well, I want to hear all that. So, you know, his, Angus's mom is a truck driver, right? But she's real <laughs> sweet. You know, like, she doesn't, you don't have this, like, she's a great character, and she, but she's, you know, a little bit. Angus's grandpa's marrying this woman that's 30 years younger. And they don't really, I mean, they, they, they play at it a little bit, but they're not like, 
they don't make too much of it. They're just kind of like, yeah, this is just it. And she legit loved him. She was, and and that's what I love. She's like super broken up, you know? Um, the fact that uh, his grandpa has this like big brother, little brother vibe, and he has there's kind of this non traditional family element, mm-hmm. like you know they are not playing it like Angus. Just it, it felt to me like they were, you know, not quite giving you this like all American picture. They're just kind of giving it to you the way that you know it might really be. A, a no shit, a, a corny moment. I mean, you could call it corny, but when Angus walks to the 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 the, the non speaking chess player that I don't think he ever has a line in the entire and he goes and he drops that king down like I got tears brother oh, I was that, like oh, I was so like that hit me I was like dude yeah. like that and because it's just it's not so much the, the the what his motion it's just the reaction from the guy that he's playing that, that that he always plays with that you could just see he's like oh shit I know exactly what happened yeah. and 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 it dude tears started falling I was like yep. damn and, and then finally Melissa like reveals that she has an eating disorder which I I'm not saying that there weren't you know this was in popular culture to some extent at this time but it was a little ahead of its time in that way like and it kind of comes out you know this is certainly not the way they typically resolve the sort of popular girl you know falls for or you know at least entertains the sort of like nerdy guy thing and it's kind of plays also perfectly because like he you know has the line like he's like I'm a fat kid of course I know what what you know what bulimia is right like so so it's it's like there's this along the way in a movie that I think has a lot of formulaic elements to it they don't let you just they don't they don't cheap out on a lot of the sort of things that 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 they 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 give you that contradict the the what is the typical line and for me I think I like that almost more than anything else in the movie. But I want to hear the I want to hear the, the the problems. Oh, problems. Well, I mean, some of it I think is going to come out Shaq's night body bag. Is is that the same for you, Scotch? Yeah, for the most part. Um, yeah, not to get too specific, but I my biggest my biggest issue was just the fact that you could tell that it was a small budget film, and I wish that they could have had some more takes on a lot of things. Like I just wish that they. There's some some of the interactions I think they just could have done a little better and and again watching this now rather than watching it as a kid and getting caught up in the whole story in the moment I was sitting there just kind of watching it objectively and I was like eh, that wasn't really a great they yeah. could have done better with that you reaction were, you were, you football scene for example I'll, I'll get more into the football scene but the football scene there's he 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 makes the big hit after the oh, after the interception yeah. and you see the ball immediately let go down and all of a sudden it's popped up into the air a mile and it's like <laughs> Well, wait a second. If it hit the ground, this is like what happened here. This well, is weird. He he also he threw the ball way downfield, like and it, and yeah. it, it, it went all the way back, like forty yards in the air, back to where he was standing as a quarterback. <laughs> a little weird. Well, yeah. not to mention the fact that they left Angus running, and they go to all they all go to Rick and just celebrate, and like, and they just leave him right there, and it was like. Yeah, there's really? no, that's, I, I get into that. That's that's we're, now we're in my body bag territory. So we, um, we, we will get there. yeah. So 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 for me, like if I have to pick, I, I don't think I'd ever really like noticed this uh, before. But there's some issues with the way that like the, there's some things I like about his friendship with Troy, but there's some weirdness for me about the way that like they create the plot tension. Well, yeah, he just kind of explodes on Troy a couple times with really no kind of reasoning, and it's just like it's well, kind of weird. Well, and well, but Troy also like coughs up the tape, but with no obvious like incentive to do so. Right, I didn't feel like it was enough to make him completely yeah. betray his trust by giving over the tape. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and um, yeah, so that whole thing was just really kind of odd to me. And for, and, and I think it, that you know? that does get to that like you know there are things they do in this movie to move the plot at times. 
that are the parts that I think are, are the, the weakest parts. Right. right. Now, so, something else that we haven't really talked about, there was a part that was completely cut out of this film, right? And There's that, a lot, that, that, actually. That, that was his, that... his dad, right? Who, who, yes. There's this whole storyline where his dad was homosexual. And so, well, in, in fact, I think there was the original storyline is. And Tony, you said you read the the. Yeah, the I did story. have a chance, and basically, Angus is. Uh, he was obviously he was born, but basically, both his mother and father discovered that. Well, they wanted to go in a different direction, and they both met people of the same sex. So basically, he had two moms. And two dads. Okay. In the, in the original short story. Yeah. Right. So, and for, for the early nineties, I mean, that's that's I mean that very much more radical. But, than, yeah. Right. But I think they so they filmed, you know, the storyline. They ended up cutting it out later. I don't know if it was test audiences that made them want to cut it or, yeah, or fear at the time. Maybe the homosexual part was what, whatever. They ended up cutting it out, and I'm wondering if some of the things that I felt as far as the movie not quite making sense were edits they had to make to cut those things out I don't, but i don't know i don't know how much how big that part was in the original so, cut so so they definitely he definitely had a i think a dad that was gay in right. the original so right. i don't know that they whether or not kathy bates character was gay or whether they commented right. on it but they definitely kept that part of it and then cut it very late and had to reshoot some scenes i think with george c scott to like fill that in and there's even right there's a line that's left over from this which I never understood until I sort of did a little more research and it's she's 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 arguing with uh with Ivan, Kathy Bates and, and George C. Scott's characters are arguing and she says, like, I want don't want him to have to like I think it's, you know, to live under the shadow like of who his family is or something like that. And you're mm-hmm. like, what is that? I don't that makes no sense no. in the context. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's a leftover line. Right. Like who cares who cares that your mom's a truck driver? Yeah. That's yeah, not yeah. that big a deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But there was so much more. Yeah, right. yeah. So so I think there is some of that. I, I had read that they cut as much as like half the movie, right? Wow. Not long before. And on the other hand, right, and I mean I I'll 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 watch the shit out of the rest of that if you give it to me. I in fact I think on the early TNT like releases of it there were some of those cut scenes were in them and I but, but I appreciate a 90 minute quick like I was just going to say that yeah, like, like it's in oh, yeah. and out man and 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 for me there are some weak spots but there's a lot like you said there there it's it's interrupted a lot by great stuff and I, and in the narration some people hate narration or whatever I I think it's okay like it, it it does what it needs to do and and the fact that it's not like he's supposed to be like an old man looking back on his life it's just like basically he's narrating it like almost in real time, which is right. kind of interesting that it's like he's basically narrating it that night after uh, uh, he 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 basically uh, uh, goes to the dance and, and all that stuff. Now, being small town high school kids and, and going through proms and stuff like that and football games, Friday nights and stuff. That JV game has the full marching band and like they act like it's like like the, yeah, the varsity, varsity game. Yeah. yeah. And as soon as they saw all of a sudden, he's like, oh, our, our JV lineman. I was like. Wait, that wasn't a varsity game? <laughs> yeah. I was immediately yeah. like, wait, what the fuck? And then they have a whole freshman meeting and awards, and they're going to have a freshman, like, king and queen prom, which is, like, a bit, like, that doesn't, that shit doesn't happen. That, that, you don't I mean, have a... You know what? You just weren't invited. So, so you... <laughs> is that what it... Oh, it was only the guys with the great physiques? If, if you were in really great shape, they, they invited you. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I read the story, they actually, the story said it in senior year. Okay. Um, so, I mean, that's probably where they missed it. But the fact is, the story was like they, there's a senior winner ball, winner queen, and there was a senior, uh, he was on the varsity team. Why would that. they switch it to I freshman? Why I have did, no yeah. idea. But yeah, that the original story had set it in the senior year of high school. Well, okay. Well, one is, is, is the Shermanator 
would not definitely fit because he looks like he's yeah. like a fourth grader. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, oh, yeah. I knew I knew a few dudes that were not much bigger. Uh, yeah, than that okay, that, that's arguable. But I'm saying if it was a senior year, that's that would be it's weird. not believable. Yeah, right. and then he definitely looks a little young, so I don't. It, he would be tough to believe as like a senior. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but he doesn't have to be a senior too. He can just be his buddy. He can be a freshman. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm saying even yeah. even if if uh, Angus was a Angus senior, could like pass be, for a senior, Angus dude. could be a senior. Do you know high school kids now? I'm telling you. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I want to point something out. So Tony earlier was talking about the fact that uh, he, you know, like this movie kind of gave him some confidence and like it, it kind of helped him with the like, I don't give a shit what other people think. And earlier today, Tony shared with me something that is a real like, you might say, truly etched, permanently stamped example of this confidence. Tony, oh could you, can you show him? Uh, I'd like you to show your, your newest tattoo and you guys can describe it. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to show it to these guys right oh, here. Oh, no. So for the All record. Right. He's oh, got... wait. Oh, I thought you were you showing me your sunburn. <laughs> that, too. Yes, I did get that California. Nice California saying, burn. I, yeah, I thought you got a nice little uh, West Coast. Uh, I, I got uh, a tattoo. Yeah. 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 Check yeah. out yeah. this farmer's tan. Oh, baby. hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let the let the non-visual record show right. that he's got a big ampersand, yeah. which is an and sun, uh, yeah. on his on his uh, left uh, like upper left. arm. Upper arm, yes. Tony, could you please tell them uh, <laughs> what the ampersand stands for? So the ampersand is basically, it is a regional pizza chain on the East Coast uh, called And Pizza and stretches from New York City down to D.C. where it was actually founded. And actually, uh, I was a big fan since the beginning. They opened their first shop on H Street in Washington, D.C. And uh, I had been a big fan. Um, they had been known to Give, like do some really gimmicky things when they first opened up their stores. And that included doing tattoos on anybody that were willing to do it, and they would, in turn, give them free pizza for a year. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping so badly yes. that you got something. But I hope yes. you weren't just be like, I'm a big fan no. of the pizza spot. No, and I got this no. I'm so glad that you got some good yes. shit. I, I mean, they literally paid for that tattoo, and they gave me free pizza for a year, just so that way I can go ahead and you know, advertise it on my arm and say, hey, I got it from this company. So, and pizza, I hope you're listening. Or if somebody knows what I'm talking about, spread it around. A shout out. I'd love for some more free pizza, you know? Yeah. What, what so, kind of pizza are we talking about? We, we, what, what's their style? Like, what's their... So, it's basically, it's like a flatbread pizza. It's like very quick. It's a, it's a fast, casual concept where you actually... They'll they'll stretch out the dough. They'll put your sauce. They'll put your toppings as many as you'd like, and they'll run it through a heat like a heat. So oven. it's Quiznos for pizza, basically. Yes, <laughs> it is Quiznos for I, pizza. I don't say that like in a well, good way. I, 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 I mean, it's, it's better quality than Quiznos, <laughs> but it is definitely a lot better quality pizza, and they uh, they definitely okay. are. I'm, I am still customer of them. They have locations in my home city of Baltimore right now. So, well, I want to let the record show that if Roundtable wants me to tattoo their logo on my arm. <laughs> For a year's worth yeah. of free pizzas, yeah. I'm fucking in. Okay. Roundtable so associates, call me up. hit us up. If you're <laughs> connected with them for sure. So Scotch. I have, I have a question, real quick, because I've always been curious about a for a year thing. Yes. So, what does free pizza for a year mean? I mean, so essentially, they loaded about. Six hundred dollars, which is basically equivalent to one pizza a week. Okay, got uh, it. So you so, get fifty-two yeah. pizzas. Yeah. So, 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 so I was saying when he showed me that, I was like, I, you know, especially with the ampersand, because like that's kind of a cool symbol that you could like 
you know, it could mean anything. Right. It's not like a like a pizza with like a clown a slice of pizza like a clown face. In the well, he could, also, he could also put he and his wife's name, like if he <laughs> yeah. wanted to kind of fix it's a total it. Like, yeah. Yeah. But in this case, it is basically <laughs> locales of where you know, basically that have had meaning to me. I have the the stars and bars, which is basically the flag of Washington D.C., and I also have the uh, the star. Uh, representing my home state of texas nice uh the ampersand is basically it is going to be something that that is meaningful as i am going to add an additional tattoo at that point so plus let's be honest pizza is delicious oh pizza is i'll basically do do anything for all right let's just put that out there i put the what what would be on the bvk pizza well i was just gonna say i put the bvk logo as a tramp stamp (laughs) (laughs) and you guys let me Come and co-host. So. Well, what made you do that? Uh, so you, had, you had no say in that. <laughs> All right, guys. So here's the thing. I haven't talked yet about this because like, I'm trying to keep it under wraps. I'm trying to keep myself contained. We've got a pretty cool guest for drinking with mm. to sub out the director. Do we? We do. And I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to make you wait. I'm going to make you listen to our sponsors. And I'm going to make you sit there and just wonder who is it who's going to be on you mean it's not going to be in the in the title of the episode here's what i'm going to say if (laughs) (laughs) shut up brad (laughs) shut up brad well here's what i'm going to say for so far and we had david ann spawn who was the director of of hoosiers one of my favorite films and rudy and rudy this is my favorite guest we've had in terms of being like kind of geeked out by it. David, if you're still listening to this, man, if you still and listen we to love pod, you. we love you, brother. You're a I, Nate, really Nate is a traitor. Too. Nate is an absolute <laughs> traitor. I don't know about this other guy yet. We will see what happens. <laughs> All right, so that's what we've got coming up. Hang around and see who we're drinking with next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back, and we're drinking. As we usually are at this time, uh, we talk about uh, what we're drinking, and so I'm going to start. I have my signature Diet Pepsi and Grenadine. I don't even have any bourbon in it. Well, tonight. you just don't have enough ice cubes. If you guys, I, I, it's 104 degrees out I, here right I didn't now. Because I, I didn't even bother. I put in some ice, and it melted. It's just, it's just like water and grenadine at this point. Yeah, so, that's kind of a mess. Yeah, it's no, no grenadine, just diet? No, I got grenadine. I just don't have any of the fuel. I got no uh, bourbon. In. No bourbon. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I am sipping on. You know, normally when it's nice and hot, which it is today, um, people like light beers, and I'm sitting here drinking just this nice, thick, dark porter. <laughs> which it's li- it's literally making me sweat. Like, right. Watch you. Drink yeah. That um, but I love a good porter, and I, it's icy cold. And this is from my last call. It's their uh, Joe Cubano. And um, I, I did a show with them recently, and it was so great, and everybody was so cool down there. And they had three four-packs left in the fridge, and I got the last three four-packs. 
And so yeah, boy. I thought I'd enjoy it. And That's because you played the, sh- the your little live show there. Huh? Live show, yeah. It yeah, was, dude, you gotta you keep an eye out on scotchbeck.com and on his socials because he plays uh, Last Call Brewing regularly, and the shows are awesome. It's 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 a mix of his own stuff mixed with some of the just most random covers you can ever imagine. I, I, I know we had some Depeche Mode, we had some uh, Aha, <laughs> we had a little Britney Spears, mm-hmm. all solo yeah. covers from Mr. Scotchbeck. Yeah, and it I, was, I, it I literally won't go to one of his shows if he does not play baby hit me one more time i just won't do it it's become it's become a staple it's it's part of the set all all right rad what do you got i have also i'm drinking from some last call brewing but i'm actually drinking out of the uh the the tap over here i'm I'm drinking some karate in the garage uh you know that that double hazy that is delicious and you know you got to watch out for those kicks because it will kick you in the face if you drink a couple too many so (laughs) be careful with it but enjoy it because it's tasting on a on a day like this you need a nice cold refreshment last call it's still it's like it's seven o'clock it's like 114 out here yeah it's 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 pretty wild pretty wild all right tony what, what do you got so uh, being the guest judge, you know, I come from all the way on the East Coast, and I have never tried the BVK IPA. Boom. You know, I had to do it. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, being a big Bev super fan and whatnot, there is no reason for me not to show up here and think that I could not get a BVK IPA. So, so, so of the top five things that you ever put in your mouth, where does this fall in that ranking? Oh, it falls... Pretty high. Pretty high. Okay, we'll it's, go. It's we'll high up we'll there. just go with number two. Okay, that's great. cool. Yeah, number um, two. I okay. will say that. I mean, those those BBK IPAs could probably be sold on eBay for. I mean, probably a hundred dollar a right. pop. I'm thinking at least. And the, and the cool thing was, we we both brought one tonight for him. <laughs> <laughs> we, everybody that had their got out into their secret stash because I mean, right. BBK yeah, IPA guys, it's the, no just, longer it's no longer available. Yeah. But we're hoping to get the uh, last call brewing to bring it back soon because you know. The, the fans are, are clamoring for it. So, so, so. as always, uh, the Drinking With section is, is sponsored by Last Call Brewing in Oakdale, California. You should check that out. Um, okay, so I teased it a little. I did. I told you in the intro that uh, we had kind of a cool Drinking With guest, and I didn't tell you who it was. And I didn't even tell you what this was called yet because you are just not going to fucking believe it. We are g- drinking with Charlie Talbert, who, for those of the uninitiated, is Angus in Angus. And I am pretty much just losing my mind right now. So, Charlie, welcome to the pod, man. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I seriously have a permagran right now. So, so Charlie, are you drinking anything? What do you got? You got you. you go yeah, I'm night. drinking in my inhibitions, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's and let me tell you, it's got some head on it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. Mm. So I'm drinking nothing because. They did not prepare me to drink. So. Uh, I did. I, we didn't. We, to, we totally, we totally blindsided. That's, that's pretty terrible. Oh, Bad planning um, on our part, as usual. He just, he just gave us double birds, by the way. You were looking down, and, and he gave and us he, a, he threw some birds out. I, I knew I couldn't uh, handle it, so I've, I didn't I've been, even fl- look. I've been double birded by Charlie Talbert. That's great. Angus, double birded. This, see, this is this is not Nathan's fault though, because he reached out like literally, literally today. Today, and I just on Sundays I go through and I check messages that are in my block box. You know, like the people that aren't friends yet or whatever it's just, and, all, and, you like delete all the like the dick pics and stuff and like all that stuff yeah yeah delete them yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah he's like yeah i deleted them. i definitely don't save them anywhere on my computer um, you would think with this mustache that i wouldn't delete them but i did uh, <laughs> say, I, love, I love that mustache but you know what i'm actually like the worst wisconsiner ever i'm, I'm originally from kenosha wisconsin I'm more of a Steelers fan. I can't stand beer, and cheese kills my stomach. I don't know what the hell. Wow. So is is that why they kicked you out, and they were like, "Go, just go, go, get out of here and go to Louisiana or something? But 
I'm in New Orleans. So you would think I'd be drinking something at all fucking times, right? <laughs> all right. So I want to start by asking this, and, and I, 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 you can tell us to fuck off if you've told this story too many times. But if you're willing, will you just give us the like, give it to us cold. Tell us how you came to be Angus because it's your first movie. And prior to that, I, I understand you weren't you weren't really an actor. Um, and I might I would, like to, I, wanna... I would like to stop with this question. Okay. And uh, no, <laughs> yeah, man. He's, like, yeah, he's like, yeah, fuck off. Well, the next <laughs> no, 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 man. No, no, no. I, uh, dude, it's super simple. Just, you know, a fat kid using his comedy and his wits to get him by. Of course, there's a girl that I knew uh, working at the Wendy's in Lake Forest, Illinois, Wendy's like it's it's like midnight and I'm cracking jokes. I, I would just come back from. Uh, so wait, you're cracking. You're like in line. Like you're on the you're on the customer side of the counter. You're rolled in at like midnight. And you're <laughs> Look to... at me. Of course, I was on the customer <laughs> side. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, nobody was going to let you operate or cash register at that point. Okay, got it. So so you're on the customer side. You got this girl. You 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 have the hot source. So you're like, what am I going to do? But make this chick just laugh until she uh, she gets gets kind of into me. No, no, you, you know, I, I, she wasn't somebody I was like super into. It was just something where I'm laying down the groundwork where she goes back to her friend. She goes, you know, I like that, Charlie. It's Plant funny. the seed. I like it. <laughs> you yeah. know. Okay. Um, and, yeah. And then this, uh, this guy comes up to me and, and, and I was wearing a cycling outfit or, you know, I, I, I don't think I was right. I think it was, I can't remember what I was doing, but uh, it's basically like a spandex shirt with logos and stuff on it. Yeah. And, uh, everybody's laughing it's like midnight and everybody's cracking up and there's a 31 flavors and a wendy's and everybody's i mean people i don't know people that shouldn't be laughing are laughing and <laughs> and this guy comes up to me and he's like hey man you're pretty funny you you want to be in a movie and i was like are you hitting on me man <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm all bowing up i'm like you're hitting on me <laughs> i'm uncomfortable with myself and um and you're how old He's is this? Like, you're 17 at this time, is that right? 16? Nah, dude, I'm like 15. Man. 15. Oh, yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And this guy goes, "Hey, you, you, you know, I, I want, I want you to be in a movie." And I was like, "He's like, why would you say that?" I said, "Well, listen, it's near Chicago. It's 12 o'clock at night. You're a grown man alone. I'm a guy with kids, and you want me to be in a movie? You know, I'm like, okay, what's going on? You know, and it came, you know. The, the casting is tonight, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's all, he's all, stage in my van right now. He's like, I got a frosty. <laughs> so I got the part. So, uh, no, so, so yeah, man. So he goes, dude. Yeah, I was a director. He pulls out his wallet. And I can see like Scott American Express. He's got credit cards, which nobody in my family had at the time. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so this guy's responsible at least. And he's For like, real? he's like, yeah, he's like, I directed a movie, and then, you know, it's like '94, you know. And he's like, I directed a movie called Space Invaders. You ever see it? I wrote, directed. I was like, I love Space Invaders. Yeah, man, you're the dude. And he's like, yeah. And uh, you know, and that that was that was it. I I took it back to the table and I. I introduced him to my chaperone tony and and it was a really good friend of mine he was like okay cool you know all his parents know or his mom know and i go back home and i'm like it's like now 1 30 i'm like mom i'm gonna be in a movie She's like shut the fuck up and go to bed like, okay so you've been drink you've been drinking were you was tony yeah. letting you drink again yeah exactly no, so yeah, man. So the, he's like, yeah, I want you to come down on Wednesday to um, the uh, Planet Hollywood in Chicago. And there's a gal there who's a casting director. We'll meet in her office. She's uh, She did Rudy. I don't know if you're familiar with that movie. And it was Jane Alderman. I was like, yeah, I love Rudy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, 
Like I would have been in this guy's van in like no time flat. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> you got candy. I love candy. He's, the, he's, he's using all the right lines. He's just he's working. Yeah. Uh. You need a candy. I got two of them. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I'm in my stand up mode right now. Yeah, That's you, know, just, you, know, you, keep, you know we're we're a good venue for that. You just keep rolling. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. So I I just uh, so yeah I went I told my mom and and tony came by and let her know it was all legit and i went down there and i, I just like these big ass seats and i was like okay they're expecting fat kids cool cool and then this fat kid walks out and i'm like he looks like me i'm in the right place okay you know and i roll into the room and it's just dark like if mr burns office was a real place that's what this place was, it was like all dark cherry wood and i'm like all right this, this is scary you know it's just me and my mom's outside or whatever and and there's a little light in the corner and a little area for me to stand. And he's at his desk, kind of turned sideways, or her desk. And and uh, he goes, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna read your sides." And I was like, "What the fuck's his sides?" <laughs> and he goes, "And it's like a 15 year old kid who would, you know, when you're not, you're you're, you're direct here, and you just hear an actor go, "Fuck, you talking about?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> he, he kind of shoots up. He goes, "Oh, you're the kid. You're the kid I met it with." I was like, "Yeah, yeah." He goes. Oh, he's like, sides are like a mini script. He's like, you don't have them, sir. So he has me, uh, you know, I tell him what I, what my life is like and how I pied over this girl, blah, 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 which is perfect because it fits the story. And, right. and and I told him that I could do impressions. And he's like, what do you do? I said, I do like Elvis, Goofy. I do Jim Morrison. He goes, show me Jim Morrison. And I was like, <laughs> cool. And I just ran into the corner and shoved my face into it. And I was just like. Like, okay, that's pretty that's pretty crazy for like a 15 year old kid to realize what he's doing and uh he goes man i'm gonna give you some sides and i want you to study these for a week and i want you to come back and read with jane i gotta go back to la and i was like well there goes that i'm not gonna get that and, but for a whole week man i sat on my porch in a rocker just learning my lines and it's a scene with grandpa you know yeah and, and about superman's not brave and i'm just learning that and there was another scene and and then I went in and I, I rocked it. And then I, I didn't hear anything for like two weeks. And then I got a call and, they, they, and it was Patrick. And he was like, Patrick Reed Johnson. He's like, dude, we're going to fly out to LA. We're going to give you money. We're going to fly you first class. We're going to put you up in Santa Monica right on the pier. And then we're going to have you read with some other kids. And I was like, dude, that sounds way better than what I thought you were going to do. At the restaurant. <laughs> so yeah, let's go. <laughs> uh, and, and so, yeah, man. So boom, I, 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 I the first building i go to this building and i i, I see Whoopi goldberg walking out and unbeknownst to me a young ethan plea and all these different people and, and and it was just really cool and i go into this room and they bring in chris owen uh from american pie and yeah. uh and angus and, and he he he's sitting there and 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 i'm walking by and i see ariana richard's face on a computer screen and, yeah. and i'm like oh she's cute this space invaders girl you know I'm just geeking out, and right. Richard Hicks is a casting associate, Ron and Yeskel, and they, they put us in this room, and they're like, hey, guys, can you hang out here for a minute? We're going to read you and just saw that. I was like, sweet. So I'm sitting there, and I don't know this, but there's a camera running, and they're all in the other room watching us. Right. We have no clue. Just stick you in. And they're like, you're in an experiment. We just didn't tell you about it, so that's cool. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, man, we, we were finishing each other's jokes and having a good time. They come back in, and they're like, Listen, we're not going to do this today. We decided we're going to give you the weekend to, to maybe hang out, work together. In fact, we're going to give you $200 a piece and send you to Disneyland to see if you get along. And I was like, 
who the fuck's not going to get along in the happiest place on earth for $200? And Chris is like, shut up, dude. Shut up, dude. So I'm like, okay. So we, we, we went to Disneyland. I had a great time. Came back, and then uh, they brought Vanderbeek in. And, and it was weird because Chris and I immediately knew we didn't like him because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't in the realm of us. But yeah. we knew we he was a great guy. But we knew that there was a certain thing we had to represent because it was a movie, and we could feel like where to go and really quick like, with the with the like, yeah. You're just like so, you're, you're that too, was it, you're, man. You're, you're way too good looking. Fuck you. I'm just like immediately. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, we knew the dynamic when they brought him in, yeah, and yeah. I knew from reading the side sure, what, yeah. what, who he was supposed to be, and uh, and we we all read and had a good time, and then and then I went back home, and then like like a long time later, I get a call from. Uh, Patrick and goes, hey man. I was like, hey buddy. He goes, I'm so sorry, man. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm I'm used to welfare. That's fine. <laughs> and he was like, and he was like, he was like, I love. I was like, I love living in the house with all fortune of my cousins. This is no, it's good. <laughs> And, and he was like, he was like, yeah, man, you're gonna be spending the next four months with us. And I was like, what? And, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, so did, had you did you read the the short story before? Like in this time, had you like read the short story at all, or did you just read what they gave you? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. And then uh, they gave it to me uh, when before I got there. And I'm actually really good friends with Chris Crutcher now. Okay. Because uh, we had we had created a treatment for a series and stuff like that. And, I had never read the short story, but I, the original movie was called A Brief Moment in the Life of Angus Petun, yeah. which was the name of your short story. That's so cool. Hey, Charlie, real quick, just a, a quick backup. So we're we're all small-town kids. We Brad, up, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Brad. <laughs> we, we grew up small-town, and so it's like I can't imagine. Like my, our sophomore year, like 15 years old or so, we were running around just doing dumb shit in orchards and on canal banks and, and just living, you know, just the life of little small-town farm kids. And – I can't imagine just all of a sudden, like, Hollywood's like, hey, we're going to come out and you're going to be living the big life for a second. And, like, what was that like? Like, did you have to, like, let your teachers know or, or did you let your, I mean, just pals from school, you're like, hey, I'm bouncing to, to Hollywood. or like a star in a movie. What, no what was that like as far as, like, having to figure that shit out? Well, if I had really listened closely, Brad, if I really listened closely, that, hey, we're going to bring you out and let you live the big life for a second. If I'd heard that last part, Brad. <laughs> no, man, it was it was it was awesome, dude. I, I I it was I was beat up a lot growing up, you know, and um, I had a really rough childhood, you know, as far as things went. I was living with my grandma at one point, and uh, and it was really nice to come back with a big pocket of nana and boo boo, and um, having the nana and boo boo was really great. But no, man, it, 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 they were all a little shocked and surprised, and, and uh, some knew, you know, <laughs> they're like, inevitably, you were going to be that guy. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 it was pretty smooth, and they were very accommodating with my schoolwork and stuff like that. And then uh, I, I actually went to each one of the high schools in uh, my hometown, all four of them, because I had different curricular needs, because I kept leaving for film and stuff. So I had to go catch a class at this school and catch a class at that school. So I could get everything I needed to graduate. And when that came out, I mean, were you just like people? I mean, Angus was a big movie that, that, you know, especially for that for that crowd, like that age group at that time. So when that movie hits, like, did you was it was it like real rush of fame among your peers? No, it was a box office flop. What are you talking about, man? It's terrible. It did nothing. Was I the only one? I love that movie. Yeah. (laughs) All uh, all my friends watch that movie. What do you mean? 
it was terrible, man. Like made four grand in the bank. I don't know. What, I don't know what it made. <laughs> I came out against. Uh, I think it was against Hackers and Bay Pig and the City. There was no way that movie was doing oh. anything tremendous. Uh, what happened to that movie was it ended up getting a tremendous following later. Yeah, maybe, maybe um, that's right. Like yeah. a ridiculous following later. I mean, I can't. I can't tell you. I, I mean, I saw a petition going around with 10,000 signatures, and I was like, what, 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 what? And uh, the problem, the reason that movie never came out right away, like on to, uh, to uh, DVD and all that stuff, is Warner Brothers, uh, not Warner Brothers, um, uh, New Line and them only had the music for so long. They didn't have long term yeah. rights for all. Oh, and that yeah. was, I don't know if you know, but that soundtrack crushed. Oh, and I do. back in the day, yeah. soundtracks, yeah. that's how you get, that's why you wanted to see the movie was the soundtrack and man the work they did on the soundtrack beyond belief man i i still cry when i listen to that thing um but yeah that growing up in it you know and I, everybody i know saw it you yeah, know right um so in my little world that was great you know i i mean it, it was just one of those things and and it really um it changed me for the better it changed me for the worse it 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 gave me this weird career where you know, most people in their lifetimes are eight jobs max, right. you know, eight to nine jobs max just on people that don't work that, you know, uh, that, that, that can't hold a job. And, and you know, I, I, I have to interview for a job almost weekly, <laughs> you know, right. so it's it's kind of a weird give and take. People always go, you make a lot of money as the gap. Yeah, you don't understand. You only work so long and then you you use that money to get to the next thing. Right. I mean, I've been very fortunate and no complaints and I've been part of some killer stuff, but yeah, man, it was a weird dynamic. Uh, I kind of went, I went to college for performing arts okay. um, be, because when I was younger, I would always get cast as a funny fat guy. But the problem is when you shoot a guy like me, I don't have a fat neck. I don't have you know, like to play. I went out for Billy Bob like a million times. I went out for Pacey and Dawson Creek like 12 times they, they had to pay me for that and one point it was me and jackson in a room and they finally just said charlie we don't think you're sexy enough you know it's a weird it's weird like yeah. blessing and a curse right yeah you mean your man vanderbeek didn't help you out with that Dawson yeah Creek what's man? up with that it wasn't no no we had i mean james and i have great chemistry when we work together you yeah. know and and i even read like i said i read for billy bob i ended up getting cast as billy bob and varsity blues a tv series for mtv but that was only because i used fishing wire to like yeah that's tough dude seriously fishing wire layer progression of clothes and i quit for about six years after art school confidential and uh my buddy chris barry from 12 years of slave django and chain yeah it's like dude you got to come down to new orleans there's, there's there's plenty of work down here and hell four days later i was working on the uh, big short and i saw the light i was like okay this was yeah. and i'm being cast as a person who had very much like angus was cast as a person, as opposed to a thing, you know, yeah, right, so. right, right. So, so let me ask you this. So, so, so jumping back then to like, you get in there and, and you hadn't had a, a lot of acting experience in that point. So you start to film and you're doing scenes with George C. Scott. And, and I think like, so, so, so I'll admit, right. Like until tell the pod, I didn't know the story about how you, you had come to be found, right. That I, I didn't realize that. And so and I kind of was, I realized like I had a, I had a kind of a little bit of a disconnect when I heard the story because it didn't make sense to me because I have, you know, part of what I love about this movie is some of those scenes. I mean, you talked about like the Superman scene 
And like, there's some you and George C. Scott have such great chemistry in this, and he's fucking Patton. I mean, like that's George C. Scott, right? Like, so how is it that you go from somebody that's telling jokes in a Wendy's to like doing some keeping serious, up with Kathy keeping Bates. up high George, level George acting Scott, in that time? Yeah. Did you did you sell your soul or a couple kidneys to the devil or what happened? <laughs> well, you see, <laughs> no, I. Uh, Dude, I, I got to tell you, like movies. So being a fat kid growing up, movie and living in a house with so many cousins and all that stuff, and so much trauma in my life, and and, uh, and uh, it's not violent trauma. It's, it's sad shit, but it's it's like stuff that made me yeah. me and made me smart ass and all that. And I used to say, film and television, man. Film and television got me through. It. Made yeah. me laugh when I needed to laugh, cry when I needed to cry. And all these people, I got my own little check. People right. were, like I've worked with almost everybody in the cast of Real Genius. Almost, you know, a oh. good eighty percent of the people from uh, Animal House. You know, and, and I, I sat in a room with Dave Thomas and and, and uh, oh god, Eugene Levy and uh, yeah. and uh, uh, Martin Short and and you know Dave Thomas ever goes. God, doesn't he remind you of Candy? And dude, oh. my heart. You know, oh, I, yeah. I got to do a Chris wow. Barley impersonation oh. with Chris Barley about a month before he died because no. I was slated to be his son on his oh. brother's show. I wore his jacket for Beverly Hills Ninja in a few films that Nicotero made, and I just gave that back to Nicotero for the rep gift for Walking Dead. And you know what it is, man? It, it's I got to go into this world, and, and I have the utmost, and have always had the utmost respect for performers. And I knew he was General Patton. And the minute George C. Scott gets out of that limo in, in Minneapolis and goes, well, you must be Charlie. And I go, <laughs> General Patton knows my name. <laughs> you know, like, and he's like, oh, you know, and then Kathy Bates, you know, to, to, to Kathy Bates played my mom. I mean, you had Larry Drake, who yeah. was my father, uh, Dr. Giggles, you know, uh, Dark Man. You, you had Larry Drake and you had Kathy Bates who says, Hey, I really want to get to hang out with you and get to know you before we shoot some stuff. I have a dilemma. I've got to pick the cover because I have final say so. And my deadline is today for Dolores Claiborne. If I told you a little bit about the story, would you be able to look at this artwork and tell me which one you think hits you? And I, I said, yeah. And we did for like an hour and, and she immediately picks up the phone and I picked the cover for Dolores Claiborne. Huh. That Damn, moment she nice. called the studio and said, this is what it's going to be. And <laughs> That's I was like, so cool. Yeah. You know, and then you, yeah. you show up and you got to dance with Rita Moreno and be yeah. goofy. You know, and you're just like, you know, so I going into it, I had a, the utmost respect. I mean, I, the guy who works with Perry, who works with me on the tuxedo, that's the Snackwell cookie guy. Like, I know <laughs> yeah. Larry Preston is Doogie yes. Hauser's boss. Like, yes. I know yes. where I'm wow. at with yes. your people, you know? Wow. And, and and I'm just like, this is, this, I knew entering that world that it was going to be beautiful and painful at the same time. And it, it's it's so lovely. I relate so hard and all that, Brad, doesn't it? And, and, I, and Tony, you I mean, what, your class of what, 97, 98? Class of 97. Yeah, so, so, like, I bet you guys, like, you know, but I relate so hard to this because, like, that's, you know, like the Snackwell's cookie guy. Guy and you know Doogie Howser's boss, like the same shit. Like you know, and, and I kind of you know I I, I don't want to sort of sell it as like you know it wasn't a necessarily a tr- trauma coping thing, but it was my childhood. Like I, I you know movies and TV for me were were you know always a way to sort of like you know decompress and connect with things and expand and all that. And so it, I can I can sort of picture myself in those scenarios like. 
Kathy Bates wants me to pick the cover of it. You know what I mean? Like that's it can't yeah. be. It would be it would be absolute wild. The Dave Thomas, I'm, I'm Strange Brew was such a huge part of my childhood growing yeah. up that it just like meeting Dave Thomas would be just wild. <laughs> yeah, we'd be like this is crazy. We did Strange Brew. Uh, well, on I did a movie called Who's Your Daddy with him. Oh, okay. I did a movie yeah. called Who's Your Daddy with him, and and you know it, it was and I so I got to spend quite a bit of time him and uh, Colleen Camp who played a vet in Clue, you know, and, and it's. Yep. It, it, Wayne Newton. I got to sing "Time of the Season" because <laughs> Wayne Newton bought the rights to it, and I got to play, you know, the 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 best friend who goes out with them to the Playboy Mansion esque kind of thing. And you know, I I, I, I got to tell you, man, is all the stuff I've done, and uh, I mean, I'll tell you, I danced with Britney Spears one night after I found out <laughs> Parker Posey thought I was cute. You know, like <laughs> I, I, there's things in this business that are just like your mind. Yeah. I got I got 86 from the Playboy Mansion. You know what you gotta do to get eighty six to play with man? Oh, I mean, you can tell us right out, now. We would oh, our, it, our fans would love to hear that story. Oh, my lord! It, it turns out just being really good friends with with Holly. You know, like uh, it, it, it's, it's one of those things where you know. But I, you know, it's one of those things where it's like every bit of that those first moments of walking on the set and doing these scenes have informed everything that I've done for even the times I've really screwed it up, like a really pooch yeah. pooch. Hmm. I did it. It's all great stories. You know, it's, yeah. it, it, yeah. it's really kind of neat to be able to look at the TV and reach in, but then also it's really neat to be able to give that to somebody else and, and let them laugh when they got to laugh and cry when they got to cry. Yeah. And I get so many people that reach out to me that are in different stages of their life or, uh, you know, or where they're, they're at emotionally um, whether it's a high or a super low, and, and it's really a beautiful gift that Patrick gave me by bringing me into that world. And you know, those little moments I got to have the craziness with Pat and mm-hmm. you know this and that, and it, it's all because I get to do the same thing for somebody else. Yeah, and the, the, for me, like the Superman line is one that I use as like a teaching moment with my kids, and like and with other people when I'm sort of like mentoring. I bet it comes into play for me once every four or five months i'm ah this is this movie and there's this this metaphor and this line and i tell that story and it's like it's you know it's like one of those things where i hold it tight you know because it's it's means so much right so 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 valuable and i totally get that you know like that's that's sort of a a meaningful one what's the line the it's the it's the it's the met superman metaphor right so it's it's the you don't know you're not familiar with it yeah you, you, you might want to you might want to rewatch angus i think <laughs> i haven't seen it is it good <laughs> so Dude, i gotta tell you one of my favorite moments one of my very first favorite moments after uh when angus was coming out it was, it was a, on a preview in the movie theater, and there was a girl that I liked, and her all of her friends and a bunch of them didn't like me. And I'm sitting in the theater, and we're watching uh, Mortal Kombat, and the preview for Angus comes on, and I stood up, and I went, ha! <laughs> 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 Dude, proud of it, but it's hilarious. <laughs> so I'm just curious. I know your good friend chris crutchfield he wrote uh, when he wrote athletic shorts he said that when i could crutcher chris crutcher tony go ahead crutcher my my apologies i screwed that up all right i'll edit that shit out don't worry i know right (laughs) when i came to the last page of the novel i present the characters to you the reader what happens next it's up to you how do you think uh angus continued once he walked down that street after melissa lefevre uh uh, looked at, looked back at him through the window. 
You probably stopped at McDonald's. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I'm thinking so. <laughs> no, uh, well, I got to tell you, I, 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 did, uh, I did write uh, with a friend of mine, Jeff Lamb, and then we, we did write a treatment for a follow-up series um, very, not too long ago, and now the, the director of Angus has it in his hands because uh, he has first right of refusal. Um, so I'm not going to divulge too much about that, but I would tell you that it was in real life. It, it, it is what it is. It's, it's, it's moments. You go have them and you go have another, just like grandpa says, Jim, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it just, it just, it hits you as you get older. I'm sure all of us, you think about those moments more now than you did then. And you'll just be sitting there and you'll just be like, why didn't I do that? You know, or, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. That was pretty good. I remember when I was a God that night, that was great. Yeah. And, you, and then yeah. you're like, Oh yeah. You know, and, and, and that's what it's all about. So, you know, in all honesty, I couldn't tell you where he went right after, but I could tell you that that moment sat in his mind, like so many moments sit in ours for the rest of our life. And yeah. that's what gets you through those tough times. And then ultimately, probably became um, addicted to bur- you know barbiturates and, and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know things went downhill. But I know I would tell you in real life that Chris Owen is still my best friend. You know, and I created a cartoon over the pandy with him. Uh, you know, I, I, you know I had him voice, uh, uh, and it's one of those things where like Angus was not too far off from myself, except for I'm not smart. Uh, book smart. Uh, I'm more street stuff. I'm like I'm like anti Angus. I'm street smart Angus. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got this kid. Believe me, they can do it here. You know, but no, it's 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 one of those things where I, I I I gotta say that he probably just lived on that moment for years, and you know, and made the best of himself. Yeah, I once made a game winning shot at my freshman year of high school, and I basically still live on that moment. It gets sent around every yeah, year on its anniversary. <laughs> it's referred to affectionately in my family as the shot, as though there's no other shot. And yeah, about once a year, someone shares it on Facebook, and then I act all modest about it. Like, uh, no, that's no big deal. <laughs> it's not. I, I, but, was but, bar- but, I barely even. I show wasn't even supposed to be my shot, but you know, it's like you know. But you feel just, it. Oh, I feel. You it. feel it. Well, and, yeah. and like to your point, right? Like one of the, you know, it's, I like Tony's question, right? Like thinking about where Angus goes, because like you don't really leave that movie, and I really thought carefully about it, but you're not like, yeah, he ended up marrying Melissa Lefevre, right? And that's not really the point, right? It's like it's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. He, he, you know, 20 years from then, you know, he may not have seen Melissa Lefevre, but he's like stoked because he's like that one night, like I killed it, and like she was digging me, and I was firing, and you know, that was the first of a bunch of moments that like you think back on, and and it is kind of that, right? It's all the moments you have ahead but it's all those moments you like tell the stories about to your friends and you know brad's the king of telling the stories you know to everybody he meets right he's got great stories you know so it's like i, I, get, I get that i mean so, so the podcast is named i don't know if you know this but it's named after a video store that is in we have a town of like four thousand people in the central california that we live in and grew up in and the name of the video store growing up that we all rented our movies including angus was uh was bez video kingdom and so yeah, when I, we started the podcast we we're like well what she named this you know it's kind of about movies that we love we a lot of them we grew up with 
Oh, we got a name at that. And and it's not only that like the stories of that place, but like on later our, a friend of ours bought it and we used to play, you know, N sixty four after Gold hours night. in there and like, you know, reshelf all the porn, which was, you know, <laughs> it took a little too long to do and stuff. But you know, it's like it, those are the kinds of things it's like, you know, those aren't those are just those like stories you tell that you remember that you, you hold on to that like are the are the Angus the Angus, you know, one moment at a time. That's a, that's like I love the metaphor. So let me ask you this, because I, I don't want to steal too much more of your time, but what I do want to know... I have is... nothing going on right now. I don't have any... I... Well, you you got to understand, I'm two hours ahead of you, so you my sure next are. thing is, like, reruns of the Big Bang Theory and sleep, maybe Red Dwarf. Maybe Red Dwarf, I don't know. Don't sleep, don't know. Don't sleep on reruns of the Big Bang Theory. I mean, that's that's. I've never shit. seen the show before, so I, I just started watching oh, it a few days ago. That's great. I was watching... I, I've been watching Red Dwarf repeatedly for years to go to bed too but i i just was like you know i gotta give these guys some some play because you know they made such a great show and then my buddy had given i did one of the last episodes and i caught that and i was like all right i'll go back and watch yeah that's good man yeah. uh so 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 what what's what's going on right now for you what what are you working on and what's coming out soon and i and i, I know the i know the answer to one of those questions that i really want to hear about but i want to know what the what's what's uh charlie talbert gonna gonna show up in our on uh, the next for us I'm, I'm I'm right here. I'm on a podcast. Tell you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's one of my least favorite questions. What are you doing next? Oh, what are you not doing? doing anything next? It's like uh, I got I, like, my uh, Lego house and building. Lego, the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> <laughs> down town when I had stuff to do. So, um, no, I, I well, so I just actually I, I'm working on. Um, it's right now. It's, Untitled, but it's a movie with uh, uh, Sandra O oh and uh, Aquafina, Will Ferrell, Jason Schwartzman. Uh, who are who are those Taylor people? Holland. I'm not, I'm not, we're not familiar uh, with any of those people. Nobody good, huh? And I get to improv, which is really great. Yeah, and, nice. and so I just, you know, I'm working on that right now. And then I, I, I I'm actually just doing finishing some ADR work for a series for HBO Max called uh, Love and Death. Okay. Um, and that stars uh, Elizabeth Olsen, who I worked with on Ice of the Light, and Jesse Clemens, uh, Patrick Fugit from uh, uh, Almost Famous, dude, and uh, Kristen Ritter. We're big Almost Famous It's good. Fans, it, Tom, Tom Pelfrey, you know, so it's, it's a really great cast. And, and I got to work in Texas, uh, you know, for, you know, for about three or four months uh, and just got back from doing that March. And, you know, I've got uh, a couple other little things here. I've, I've, I've written a pilot uh that i'm getting a treatment for so i can ship it off to uh uh it's a book that a fan of angus like a fan made this action figure figure they're called yeah. Joyful. this guy wrote a book called uh andy gets con so i wrote a i got the rights to that for a few years and i wrote a pilot to it and and i want to get that to nick frost because i want him to star in it even though the guy wants me to be in it i was like no i want nick frost in it. yeah yeah and uh and now i'm uh I built this cartoon that's, uh, I believe it's an adult or cartoon network right now, and they're looking at it. So, but you know, I got stuff. I'm doing got a bunch of stuff. Got a bunch of stuff. So, 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 you word, know? word on the street is, though, that you've got a part in Where the Crawdads Sing, which is coming out really soon. I do. You guys <laughs> need to go see Where the Crawdads Sing. Oh my God. If you haven't read that book, Dilio Owens, man, I cried like nobody's <laughs> business. And that's what I'm talking. Same thing with movies, you know. This movie and I, the book ended the way I wanted the book to end, and I still cried. Yeah. And uh, I got an audition for this 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 movie, and Olivia Newman was uh, directing, and I, I never thought in a million years that I'd be working with David Strathairn, and and it was, 
it was just fantastic, man. Yeah. I, I got to pop in there. And the character I play isn't someone from the book. He's an amalgamation of okay. some characters. Uh, and it's very brief. It's very fun. But it's very like, holy God, I'm sitting here right now doing this yeah. on this project. I mean, I've been super fortunate, man. I mean, I got to work on The Watchmen, uh, I, you know, with Regina King and Giovanna Depo, and I got to work uh, with, uh, you know, uh, uh, Underground Railroad with 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 Barry Jenkins and 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 Jessica Yu, who's uh, an Oscar director uh, for Breathing Lessons in '96. If you haven't seen that documentary, see that movie. Um, and and I, I mean, I've worked with Fred Wolf. I've worked with Adam McKay now. Oh, I mean, yeah. it, I cannot tell you, like, how excited I was to get on with the Crawdads thing. I was just like, this is happening. And it yeah. comes out July 15th. And it's it's such a beautiful story. And living in the South for as long as I have now. And, I, you know, I live here. I live in L.A. and I live in New York. So I kind of bounce back and forth. And, and, I, and I don't like to fly. So I'm always driving. So I'm there for quite some time wherever I'm at. And I got to tell you, it's 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 one of the most crushingly brilliant stories that I've got to be a part of. And I, I hope you guys, and I know you'll thoroughly enjoy it, but I hope you'll see it when it comes out in theaters. We, we absolutely will. And, and I was, so when we kind of, we were, of course, giddy and sharing the news around with our family uh, that you were coming on today and, and, and they're all okay. So they, everybody starts, you know, throwing, j- jumping on IMDb and immediately Tony, <laughs> Tony's wife and my wife were, you know, were like, he's in the, he's, he, you know that he's coming out and, you know, With and where the crowd at saying, you, you know, he's going to be in that, right? Like they're freaking out. They're like <laughs> Angus Schmangus. Like, let's talk about the, the real, <laughs> yeah. the real deal here. So, so I mean, I, I have a feeling that whether we like it or not, and I think we're going to like it, we're going to see that movie when it comes oh, yeah. out. I think there's a whole lot of mo- momentum uh, to, to, to get, there. you will fall in love with Daisy Edgar Jones. And I, and I gotta tell you, it's, it's, what I saw when I went in to do ADR and stuff like that, because they added in a couple of extra lines for me, and I was like, okay. And I went in, and I just looked at the cinematography of this, and I knew when I was set, when I was on set, yeah. but it was something beautiful. But when I saw it on the screen doing ADR, which is voiceover, I, I was just like, this is beautiful. Yeah, you know, like I wanted to <laughs> hug the microphone because. You know, COVID times, you're still, you know, yeah, there's right. protocols and stuff. So I'm in this little isolated booth going, can I just hug the mic? Can I just... <laughs> you know, nice. I, I can't, I can't complain. And I, I got to tell you that moving here, uh, you know, and starting getting back into the business here, because I did stand up for about uh, two years or so in Los Angeles. And, Most, and was it mostly like at Wendy's and McDonald's lobbies or just, no, it was no, like not, not, back, not back to your roots? No, <laughs> no, no it's like. It was the improv. It was the comedy store in yeah, Sunset. Yeah. I used the Angus tout to get me in there very quickly, and, and and I wore like the same outfit. Like you know, I got into stand up. My, my buddy yeah. Dan Smith, he, he runs uh, Rockstar Games overseas, you know, and like his game with his team is like Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption Two and all that stuff. And yeah. I met him years ago when I was doing my own show for CBS Mobile called Charlotte Howard Show, and he was working on a Coolio show, and I didn't know this at the time. But he then moves into my complex, you know, like, I think it's like two years later. And we realize, oh, my God, I know you. And I like you. And you're cool people. <laughs> and and so one night I fall asleep. This is like a week after my divorce went through. I'll explain that later. Um, so then my summer dissolution. And I, I woke up and I was like, I got five minutes of funny. And my room is half mirrors. I'm completely naked. And I immediately stand up. 
and I do the comedy routine to myself. <laughs> and I'm like, this is amazing. So I grab a towel, I throw it over my junk, I run across the courtyard, and I'm like, Dad! Dad! And he's like, what's up? I was like, I got five minutes, man. Let's make it funny. And we, we did. And, and I was like, look, and I was running uh, Joseph A. Van Clothiers. I was running 26 Doors for Lost Prevention, you know, and I, I was a haberdasher. I've never not been working. I just, I, for me, my mentality has always been, a person, not a person, unless they're working and doing something, being, you know. Yeah. And so I, I did that, and I loved haberdashery because it was the same as film. I was there for the most important moments of your life, you know, your weddings, your funerals, etc. You know, and you're there, and you're part of it, and you're making them feel better about what's what. And yeah. so I was like, yeah, I can do that as opposed to the acting. I was like, no more acting. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna get a wife. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be fantastic. I'm gonna have a baby because you do that. You go, I'm gonna get a wife. I'm gonna, be, you yeah. know, and you go to the store and you get stuff away. Uh, no, so I, I, we're I, small I town kids. That's, that's what everybody does, <laughs> right? Right. And I found this wonderful person, and we were together. But it was like such a huge age difference. It didn't work out. Long story short, I, I, I go. You know what a beautiful relationship is? Is you know when you're sitting there and you're looking at a girl, and you're having you're at a restaurant, you're looking at her, and she's looking at you, and you know you're having that intimate moment. She's right there. 10 or 15 tables away with her husband and kids. And, you know, and, and I had this whole thing. And, and so Dan and I, man, we sat there and we rode and we rode and we rode and we rode. And, and I went out and did 30 open mics in the first two weeks just to see yeah. if I liked it doing like sometimes yeah. five a night running for, and it was just phenomenal. I don't even know how I got to this point, but I loved doing stand-up. Are, are you still, are you, are you still doing it at all? No, man, I, I, I came to New Orleans. I don't know what question led to that answer. I don't, I don't, what, you know what? what, what you... Time is a flat circle on Best Video King. Yeah, so yeah. We'll, we we'll, we'll find, we'll find so. it again. No, no problems. <laughs> oh, you're one of those flat timers. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> wrong, wrong podcast. No, um, no, so, yeah, man. So I, 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 did, I, I came to New Orleans. Um, my buddy was working on Django Unchained, Christopher Berry. And he, he and I both worked on it, Your Honor, and and uh, with uh, Brian Cranston. And he, he's, he says, Charlie, you gotta, you gotta come to New Orleans, man. There's tons of work down here. And and I did. I blind moved. Never been here before. And like I said, started working right away. But I wanted to keep doing the comedy. And a friend of mine, uh, Frank Estrada, out in L.A., was a, he's on the wall at the comedy store now. Congratulations, sir. Yeah. Um, he says, you know, I got a friend, Jeannie Dean, down there in New Orleans. She'll get you to the stand-up, you know, stand-up company down there. You'll have fun. Only problem I had down here with stand-up was it was mixed with burlesque shows. And almost all, sta- in fact, some guy offered me a full building that he would cover the overhead if we split the door and the bar. And I said, okay. And then I did the comedy down here. And the problem is, is when you have stand-up comedy and burlesque dancers, you have two different audiences in there. So you got comedians that are like, my body's a piece of horrible nothing. You know, it's just not the right two audiences. So I, and then I realized, I was like, you know what? I don't want to come here and I don't want to start over as an actor trying to be what the mold they were trying to fit me into which yeah. was the funny fat guy and i said let me go down there and be a guy yeah, you know yeah, yeah. who's got whatever going on and i knew that i was trading larger parts for smaller roles and bigger projects with people that i really wanted to work with and and really kind of make a difference <laughs> and so i shot a i shot the jesse J music video bang bang my last silly hurrah in my stand-up outfit look and and then i got a car and i moved here and and it just kind of 
changed from there. So I stayed away from the stand-up comedy. Well, it sounds like it's working out pretty damn well for you. So uh, I'll, I'll, I can't I'll, complain. I'm just going to have to try to find your stand your stand-up on YouTube, I guess. I wouldn't do that. I, wouldn't do that. <laughs> I don't think any of that really. You know, but, um, you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, Charlie, I, I can't – seriously, man, I can't tell you much how much we appreciate you coming on and how much of a privilege it is. You know, I, not to sort of overstate here, but like – we started doing Bev's Video Kingdom, you know, because we really loved movies and we sort of slowly waded into trying to invite some guests on. And uh, this is sort of my version of, you know, whatever the coolest shit, you know, you got to do. Right. Because this is, you know, this is your Angus, man. I mean, I, you know, like truly like this is, you know, <laughs> I, I, t- 20, 27 years later. You know, I like a movie that has been, you know, in my sort of top 10 for, for my whole life and one that I watch once a year. Thank you. You're fucking Angus. And that's your, and that's, it's cool that you came on and we really appreciate it. I feel like, I feel like that would have been a great line for, for George's guy. Hey, man. <laughs> you're, you're fucking, you're fucking just Angus. Remember, you're fucking Angus. <laughs> you're fucking Angus. You know what? You're right. Hey. I mean, he basically said that in other words, but yeah. That wasn't the kicker for sure. All right. Hey, that was Charlie Talbert. If you want to see him, uh, keep an eye out for upcoming product for projects, including where the crawdads sing. Uh, and uh, you know what? Thanks for coming. We'll be back. Thanks for having me. I'm still kind of in stunned silence right now, except I'm not at all silent because that was fucking awesome. That was fucking insane. I loved being in his presence. It was, I mean, that was freaking (laughs) Angus. Fucking Angus. Come on. So, Tony, you were like, so we were, Tony and I were out with our wives on the boat uh, today, and uh, we were, we were like, you know, we get the call that he's going to be on, and Tony's just like, total <laughs> starstruck shock because he, he was kind of you're just kind of jack because you're like we get to talk about angus tonight we really i i mean simply it was like i just wanted to talk about angus because yeah, it was a fucking awesome movie to me and then but angus have, shows up <laughs> then angus shows up and i'm just like talk to angus and i'm just like fuck <laughs> yeah I, I will say i was I, the, the way this all this kind of went down and and uh as he mentioned like he we basically contacted him today i'm at a giants game at the san francisco giants game i'm singing the bleachers uh with some friends and, and my wife and my kids and i get a instagram call i didn't know instagram calls were an actual thing and <laughs> i'm looking at this name like what the fuck is that name and i had no clue and so i texted the boys i'm like hey somebody's trying to get a hold of us on instagram and they gave me the number and all of a sudden nate's like oh yeah i forgot i messaged uh i messaged angus <laughs> i messaged oh, no. Charlie uh, you, i did not i did not forget as soon as you send it i was like that's angus <laughs> <laughs> oh no dude i i was i was like well I, you know i've been usually a little better about trying to contact people and stuff and for some reason i just hadn't gotten around to it i've been kind of busy and so just this morning, it kind of had a moment of clarity, and I was like, you know what? Like, I got to reach out. This is a big one for me. He would be huge to come on, and, you know, you know I got to take a shot, even though it's last minute. So I sent it, like, you know, this morning I said, hey, we're doing one tonight. I wondered, and he gets back to us and was really cool about it. And obviously, you just heard it, guys. I mean, he was he, – what a, what a cool guy. Like, what, what, yeah. really interesting, really funny, and a great story, you know? Like, yep. it kind of seemed like he had good perspective, too, on it. You, you know, know like, like I always say, you know, you guys have me on here, and but I'm a fan first. And I just sat back and just enjoyed and just hearing the stories and, and watching your – just seeing your little smile over there. <laughs> you know? 
Look at you. I mean, God, you can't see this, everybody, but he is I'm so fucking happy. I Charlie and Charlie, yeah. I and you know what? We mean no respect referring to you as Angus. I mean, I I, I hope that's no no disrespect here, but Charlie, you were a blast to have on, and, and we really were stoked to uh, have yeah. you on the BVK pod for sure. Yeah, and, I, and I think like I'm I'm psyched now to kind of seek him out because I, I really enjoyed like hearing his you know trying to get into different roles and some of the things that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like okay, like I want to go keep an eye out for what he's up to. So. Maybe, you know, hopefully a lot of our fans will do the same thing. Hey, and maybe uh, he could be a future guest judge or something, you know? Yeah, I'd always love like to have him back. Yeah, for absolutely. That. Uh, all right, so I think we have something coming up now. What is it called? Is it a one-night stand or do you hit it with a shovel or take it home to mom and dad? It's like fuck, marry or kill. It's Shag Snack Body Bag. God, I love that. Okay. Oh, just, <laughs> I, I just, Scotch, legit, legit, you know, Semi chub every time I hear it. <laughs> you know what? My my goal when I come up with music is to create chubs. <laughs> the first time it was it was full just not like to be, you not know, to be weird on. six to twelve, but it's not, it's but not, now not, now it's just still it's not, it just it no, gives just, me a little tingle. I want to create partial chubs. Full chubs would be weird. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're snag shagging and body bagging. Um, so let's let's kick it off with some shags, and I'm gonna let Tony go first here. So what what do you want to shag? And I, you know the deal here. Right? Oh yeah, I, I definitely know the shag here, uh, the deal as far as what the shag is. Because guess what? With Angus, it's got to be the suit. All right, it's got to be oh, it's plum. the plum suit. It's plum. <laughs> all right, that is a moniker that will forever live in my mind. Because as all of you know, I mean, it was true back in 1995, 96, 97. The go-to suit was black. I want black. And yeah. that was, was what there, I There wanted. was no color. There was no yeah. color, color to it. We had no personality back then when it came to prom suits. No. But here's the thing is that I think Angus, I mean, I'm not sure. It, it's not going to be the movie that sets the precedent, but basically the precedent has been set. You see all these high school homecomings and proms, all with different colored suits. And it's like you wouldn't hear it's plum. All right. They said, let's go for it. That That's what would happen this time. There are a few things that I grudgingly admit that the younger generations do better. But I would say some of the some of the like confidence in fashion. I, I, I will say there for it. Some people hate it. I love the sneakers with the uh, the tuxedo. Oh, I love it, too. <laughs> yeah. I dig it. I actually have, yeah. have no problems with that. Dress shoes are uncomfortable as fuck and they suck. And yeah. slip and slide on shit, I'd much rather have a nice, cool little pair of sneakers. So now I actually have a memory of your brother and some of our other friends, like Aaron Piazza and a couple of other... Converse, I, I think right? Jeff Green, they wore the Chuck Taylor yep. Converse All-Stars, oh. black, brand new, with their suits. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. So they rocked that shit. That was, so that was back that's, in... That's old school. That's, yeah, uh-huh. that's back in the, in the aughts. That was 93. 93 that oh, I, they thought graduated. Like, I thought it was the 1800s oh my word <laughs> <laughs> uh, how old, yeah how old are you Scott <laughs> <laughs> why do I keep I don't know well I will say you, definitely Angus and then of course Dumb and Dumber yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. the orange <laughs> blue the year before oh, the, the blue yeah. and orange I mean if you wanted to be super goofy you would you could get something crazy like that but there you go alright my shag here is you know what not that it's it's semi fairy tale ending, but at the same time, it's not a fairy tale ending. It's not because because they leave it open ended. You don't know what happens post this relationship. And you know what? I th- this movie watching it, it kind of gave me a little smile at the end because there was one person I thought of, and we had them on the pod, uh, uh, Lieutenant Dan, uh, in high school. 
I'm not saying Lieutenant Dan was a, was, was a, a, an amazing guy. He was also a sci-fi nerd. He was also uh, uh, just a little odd and weird, but he had the hots for a girl that was in, in our class that was that was a, a very cool, very uh, good-looking girl. And, and I think at the time, like like our senior year, there w- would have been a great argument to be made that like she was the most be- that the most people thought she was the most beautiful girl in the class. Yeah, no, I I, I would I would not. Th- I would not disagree with that at all. And, and Lieutenant Dan was like, he just kind of all of a sudden gained this confidence. Like, you know what? I'm going to be the nice guy to this girl. And eventually, you know what? He won her over and, and they got married and, and they've been married some years now. Yeah. And, and, and it's just an awesome story. And it kind of reminded me of that. And I was like, you know what? This is, but that's not bad. It's not fairy tale ending. I mean, like, like maybe it doesn't work out for Angus in the end, like, and, and who knows what direction it actually goes, but I like how everything that kind of happens in it, it's not too fairy tale. I mean, it's it's a little fairy tale at times, but but at the end it doesn't say, oh, and they they kiss and they have a big like romantic scene or anything like that. It was just kinda like, this is cool. Yeah. It maybe was, something happens, maybe something doesn't. Yeah, it, yeah and, you know, she might like, change her mind the next like, day. Right. And, and it might be kind of like what Charlie said, which is, you know, maybe this is just a memory and it's nothing. Right. But yeah. I do but there's ambiguity there where you're like, you don't know. You know, like she yeah. That they may connect. You well, know? I liked it because it, it was real. It was. It wasn't the full on. They totally like make out on the porch or whatever. It, it <laughs> Even their open. dancing was. It was. It yeah. wasn't oh. like he turned into dance superstar and like impressed. <laughs> and, right. You know, everybody circles around. They're clapping for him. Like it was still kind of awkward and weird. Right. And so it just kind of get that that there was that still that vulnerability about it, and and it was still kind of like eh, well, the only practice he really had at that point was with a blow up doll and Rita Moreno. <laughs> All right, let's just remember that. I'm saying if you get skill, if you get some lessons from Rita Moreno, you're gonna learn some shit. I assume. Uh, um, yeah, so my shag has got to be the opening scene with the marching band, and as a music guy, as a former marching band member. Against my will in college, I think I mentioned that before on a previous pod. God damn, that thing was just, I got goosebumps watching that whole opening sequence and how they just brought in all the horns and slow. At first, you didn't really kind of pay attention to what was going on. Also, like, holy shit, the horns are perfect with it. And it was such a beautiful just melding of the two things. And I, I've watched that opening sequence, I think, four times. Since because I because I, I, I watched it one time, then like my my uh, direct TV like screwed up and I couldn't I, it, I stopped it at the beginning. So I had to rewatch it again. And then I was like Googling an article and it, it the YouTube popped up with that open thing. I watched it again. Goosebumps each time. I just love the opening sequence. So good. All right. I'm going to shag a tie because I can't decide. So first, I'm gonna oh, I thought sh- you going to shag the bow tie. Yeah, I want to shag the tie. I love it. It's- I will say Angus tied that bow tie just like instantly and perfectly. Perfect. How the hell did he do that? <laughs> Very smart kid. So it's in my body bag. So uh, oh shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I'm gonna I'm gonna shag uh, Green Day. That's one. I mean, I loved Green Day, and you do much you have the time. Just stick it directly into my veins all the time. <laughs> but I'm also gonna shag the. I want to shag the, the like the nuggets of wisdom, like like the, those on their own. The couple. Of like real the, the two that we've talked about a lot, right? The Superman and the and the sort of screw them. Those two for sure for me are like, yep. Like I'm gonna, I want those. Those are those come in when they come in handy. They're like, they're they're super super potent. So I love those for the snags, but or for the shags. But I want to know, Scott, what are you shagging or what are you snagging? What are you taking home? What am I snagging? I'm snagging fat nerds who win. 
<laughs> because yeah. I'm a fat nerd and I want to win. You, you, you have won. I let me just let me just stop you right there. Uh, you think, you've won. Thank you, buddy. I've, you not not, with, not with anything you with your, yeah. your band or your or your uh, uh, 10 million views on YouTube or anything like that. I would say. Once you made the BBK, BBK podcast, that yeah, was pretty this much. Is, you're winning. You won. This no, is you winning. I'm just saying, back when I was this age, I didn't feel like a, much of a winner. Because <laughs> honestly, yeah, because when I watched this, I, I, like I said earlier, it's like this would have been a very important movie to me yeah. when I was that age. And because it, it, it almost is like, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a movie that's horrible to look back at now, but Revenge of the Nerds at the time, we had this rallying cry for nerds and, you know, mm -hmm. all the stuff before Big Bang Theory made nerds cool. Right. You know, and this is the kind of thing for big dudes. It's like, look, it, you can fucking be great and you can do good things and you can actually get the girl at the end, you know. Yeah. And and so I just love the feeling because, like, you know, watching this film. I, you know, I liked it at the beginning. In the middle, it was kind of, after a while, I was like, eh, okay, let's just get this over with. Let me get to the happy ending. Hopefully it's a happy ending. And it delivered what I wanted, and I loved the fact that he stood up to him. He said, look, we're normal. You know, Vanderbeek, you can go fuck yourself. And it was great. So <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. And it's weird because teen comedies, this almost like kind of kicks off a resurgence because I don't remember – too many really important like early 90s teen comedies i mean in the early 90s right it, you know the sort of like misanthropic grunge feel kind of takes over everything right there, there's some i don't know if they're exactly high school but like there's reality bites is kind of like a young person's movie it's, yeah it's maybe a little, right out of high school and, empire uh, records yeah, yeah, oh, that's a good, really good call. So it's, it doesn't have the same feel to it. It's like the, the alternative movement kind of grabs on to this genre too. Yeah, it's like it's like, it's like early twenties. Like that that becomes like the the, the kind of where they're doing those comedies. Well, 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 and even the high school. Like I think Empire Records. No, that, Empire, they're all they're probably late teen, maybe college age. Yeah. Well, anyway, but I I agree that it grabs it, it somehow shifts for a minute and this does yeah. like this is a, a pickup for that. So. Yeah, and then it definitely gets uh, uh, going with American Pie and, and stuff yeah. like that oh, afterwards. Yeah. Um uh, my snag Kathy Bates. And you know what? I've seen Kathy Bates in a lot of things and I always love her. And you know what? She is an all-time movie mom because as much as as she's a mess in The Waterboy as Bobby Boucher's mom, this is an all-time movie mom. Like she is so supportive. Yeah. I mean, perfect. when she has some of those the, those conversations, uh, uh, particularly with I think it was Ivan, where she basically says like I went through that shit and like like yeah. like just she kind of like shows her emotion. That stuff's powerful. Like that oh, yeah. was some. Uh, yeah. That's the stuff that hit me in this movie that really made me feel like you know what? There's there's a lot more to this movie than just kind of a dumb teen comedy. Like there's some legit like emotion here. And Kathy Bates brings it out, and Kathy Bates is an amazing actress, and uh, I'm just surprised I I had not seen this, and and I, I was very impressed with her performance. You're, wish, you're welcome. I wish there was I wish there was more of her. <laughs> Thank in you, it. Tony. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I just I just wish there was more of her in it, and um, yeah, it just her reaction after he the, the, Grandpa died was a little bit odd to me too. Like when Angus is crying on the stairs, and it was just kind of a it was, again, it's one of those things where I kind of wish they had another take she yeah more fair. she she's i mean she i think immediately knows what's going on and just yeah. is like thinking about the whole like 
I think I think she's a processor. She's like, okay, we're at a wedding, and and I think I know what just happened. I need to be strong and, and, yeah. and, and hold I, it yeah, together. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's what I kind of took from yeah. it. But I just like the the when she's the the science. Like she just doesn't. She's like, oh, you know what? You don't. You decide you want to do the science thing. I'm I'm all about that. Right. Um. Even like the Hagen Dazs, they had their little special thing with the Hagen Dazs. Like Hagen-Dazs. I just I love that. Like the the fact that she had the Hagen Dazs and and it was you could tell it was their little thing that it was like that's a connection for sure. Yeah, like, yeah. That's a that's an awesome movie mom yeah. and in the pantheon we did movie moms uh, uh back in the day and you know what uh, Nate, i'm ashamed that you didn't take kathy bates i'm a little bit ashamed too mm-hmm. but you know what maybe we'll redo that one <laughs> all right tony what are you what, what, what are you snagging all right i'm snagging the idea of a role model all right just the uh, the kind of person that just is in somebody's life and in this case for angus it's his grandpa it's ivan um and I feel like at points in time in life, especially especially in my life, I feel like there always has to be a person that is not your parent that will come in and give those bits of advice. All right. Um, when I when I was in high school, it was my religion teacher. I went to a, an all boys Catholic high school, and uh, this guy he had the corniest jokes in the world. And he just made everybody's day brighter. He was one of the most popular teachers uh, that uh, this high school's ever seen. Um, he really inspired me to just you know keep on going and just realize that it's not the realization of what people think of you; it's just who you think of yourself. Uh, so, Mr. Tanner, if you're listening to this, uh, man, I respect you, and I hope that there are role models in everybody's life because we need them. And I hope it continues to this day. Solid. Okay. Uh, so mine, you know, this is so. So you would think, right? And I would think, for me, the total on brand would mean to be like the friendship. I'm a big friendships guy, right? So you'd think I might want to snag he and Troy. Um, you'd think that like him getting the girl and the kind of the dance and the like overcoming. That's right on brand. But for me, it's I, I'm snagging the family dynamic. Like I, I think. Both the fact that the family dynamic is not a traditional one, right? It's grandpa living at home. It's, his, you know, it's his mom. And in fact, now, you know, even kind of the like sense that there was, there was, a, you know, maybe a, his father was gay and we don't know that, you know, one way or the other, you know, the, it's, it's silent, but we kind of know that now from the, from the background. But like the fact that we have this non-traditional family and that sometimes the dynamic between, um, you know, he and his, his grandfather is kind of like almost big brother, little brother. They're snipping at each other in funny ways at the dinner table. Yeah. And they kind of have this riff, and he's kind of playing jokes on him with the with the playing colors to wake him up. Um, and his grandpa's kind of acts annoyed with him when he's really, like, cherishing in a lot of ways, having him around and trying to give him advice and things. To me, right, like, that's the heart of the movie. And, and I don't, you know, normally that w- would be overshadowed by the sort of trajectory of the coming of age. But for me, I think it's and and you know, given what we, I mean, I, given what we now know based on the the interview with Charlie, I just can't say how blown away I am that like he went toe to toe after that being that early to acting with George C. Scott. I mean, I'm not saying that you know that you know obviously he's he's young and he's early and you know there there were there's you know I don't want to overstate this, but like part of the reason that I think I was so shocked was really because like those scenes he's really good in them. And and I think as as small town kids, I think that, and I'm not going to say that it's just us, but it's like 
we kind of sniff out realism. Like that's a big thing. I think just kind of us growing up is like we we can tell fake versus real. Mm-hmm. And and I think just one thing about growing up a small town is you you sniff through fakeness. And so we like to see what's real. And I, and I and whenever I see characters on screen that that seem real, yeah, like when they have a relationship that seems like they actually care about each other. That's important to me, and, yeah. and and I see that a lot, especially with him and Ivan. Like that's, oh, that, that it, and and yeah, you're right. For a, a kid to just j- show up and go toe to toe with George C. Scott, that's just just wild. Yeah, I yeah. never, I never once thought, oh, this kid's out of his league. Yeah, he's out never. with. Yeah, never. <laughs> Kathy was, Bates and, yeah. and fucking yeah. George hey, C. your Scott. first role, yeah. kid. You've never acted before. You're gonna be with yeah. Kathy Bates and George C. Scott. Good B- luck. Blows me away that yeah. this was his first <laughs> film. And yeah. he just was like, yeah, just it just felt completely right. All right, felt chilled. Cool. So yeah, I'm, I'm snagging the family dynamic and especially the scenes between he and uh, his grandfather. Hey, can I unzip some body bags? Please. Oh, you're just yeah, you're just chomping. Right you're ready. Look at him. Eager. Right ahead. So 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 my body bag is. So I, I talked about the, the the football game a little bit. Like the, the fact that it ended up being JV football was weird, but Angus is a beast on the field. And uh, uh, the fact that he gets no respect, and, and I, I think Tony kind of mentioned earlier, it's like he makes the most amazing play to win the game by not only just knocking out, he, he gets two pancakes immediately yep. on, on to set up the pass like all the way down the field. And then he's like, screw it. This guy caught the ball. It's an interception. I'm going to go down there and, and cause some chaos. And he goes and, and causes the fumble that lets them win the game. You, on a, as, as someone who's played on a football team, that kid is getting celebrated. The people are running and jumping and picking him up and jumping with him and celebrating him. And he's going to be as big a hero as as the dumb quarterback that that picked up the ball somehow and and, and takes it into the end zone. So, Especially back then, you know, before the days of concussion, when a hit like that would people would just be like, oh, people would be would going remember that hit forever. Oh, right. Yeah, he would be. They would just be celebrating him in the locker room. And even if even if James Vanderbeek is a dickhead and hates him because he's been punched out by him like three different times when he was growing up. Everybody else on the team is going to be like, God damn, this kid is a beast. And and you know what? When we get to uh, alternate endings, I might have some words about uh, his football career as well. So. But he would be much more appreciated. And I don't care even if he was like a dork and weird. When you're making those types of plays on the football field as a team, he's going to be celebrated. The coaches would be going nuts. Like when you go back to the, the film yeah. the oh, next yeah. on, on, on Monday, D-Cleater. he would be getting all the stickers on his helmet. And they'd be like, this is what we want to see on the football field. Do you see that hustle? Like they would be going nuts which, about him. Which is why I'm glad they actually had the line from the principal saying, oh, yeah, we, he's, we he's, would lose our best right. yeah. JV lineman, which right. was cool. He got a little bit of recognition. Somebody and, saw. and his grandfather says, like, you're a good football. You know, right. like, so it's, so it's right. not they don't totally they're not blind to it completely. But that one scene is like the, the coaches would be just building him up so much. Yeah. And, and his teammates would feed off of that. The fact well, that the coaches think he's amazing. Well, he's also like, I mean, you know, as described and as demonstrated, like the dude's a big guy that's fast like right. yeah. yeah and, and as we know right like that's the rare commodity commodity that, that dude's already getting looks from from colleges yeah that no, size and, and, speed. And, and that's when when they said it's a fresh it was a jv game and You're then they're freshmen i was like if he's freshman he's, well, he's playing and jv like who's the varsity team right that kid yeah. gets brought up so so yeah his his whole football situation uh there's just some big body bags the way they edit it the way they kind of filmed it and the fact that he getting disrespected that just does not happen. Did you see to say that Angus has a big body bag? <laughs> That's fucked up. Your sizest, bro. I don't know if I said that, but no, if I did. He said big body bag. He did. 
You know okay. what? And you well, know what? Hey, hey, and you know what? You're not even in as great a shape as I was when I was a freshman. So I'm just stop talking about it. Okay, um, okay so uh, I'm going to body bag the plot device, the, the Troy plot device of giving the tape up. So I, 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 I so that they like beat him up. They have no idea that he has anything on Angus. They beat him up and break his arm. Right. And so then, like, he's gotten his freaking arm broken. They have no, they're not blackmailing him, right? They don't have anything on him. It's just like the threat of what? They're going to break his other arm? I mean, like, <laughs> what right. the fuck? And then he's like, okay, I know. I'm going to give you the worst shit you could possibly have that you don't know exists. Right. He's not right. like, okay, here's the thing. Like, Angus, you know, he picks his nose. They, they didn't, like, come up with, he didn't, like, come up with some, you know, like, here's Angus's sock that he jerked off into. It's crazy. He danced with the blow-up doll, and he was acting like it was Michelle. Like, I mean, like. Yeah. Yeah, what, so, so I'm like, why, why is that, like, you couldn't come up with a better move than to, to try to figure out, I mean. And I, uh, I mean, even if you want the tape to be the thing, right? Like, I can come up with ten better ways for them to accidentally find the tape. And the way they do it in like the shadow, so it's like, you're, are you supposed to like not think it was him? Like, totally. <laughs> it was just yeah. weird that they did. Like, oh, I wonder who that is, giving them some secret info up on the hill. Well, yeah. why? I mean, for one, like, why doesn't he just like have the video camera? Like, why? Why don't they just have Troy with the video camera somewhere? You know, I think like I called doing- him Michelle. It's Melissa, right? It's Melissa. My bad. Yeah. By the way, Melissa Lefevre is a fire name. Melissa Lefevre. Lefevre was like, he, uh, she, they killed when they made that name. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I don't love, like, I, I think it's not, it, you know, I want to, it's not that I don't, it's not as much that I don't like the plot device, is that I feel like there were so many good substitutions, right? Like, right. it's one thing if you're like, eh, there's not a good way to do this, so, like, I don't like it, but it's just like. It was felt lazy, you know. So you were, we were talking earlier about like things that we don't like. It's just stuff like that that just seemed kind of like okay. Now we're just kind of like you said, pushing the the plot forward just for pushing it forward's sake. Like I have all the. By the way, we did Top Gun a few weeks ago, and I have all these like many of these similar takes about Top Gun Maverick that I'll do in uh, some exclusive content on Pantheon once. Wait, did you hold back? You held back on the Top Gun. We hadn't seen Maverick yet. Oh, 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 Maverick takes. I'm sorry. So yeah, the, the and I one. have some super. Part two. I, I, I am oddly negative about it relative to the whole world. Uh, so, so you'll get that someday. No, no spoilers. I still haven't seen. Oh, uh, you <laughs> suck. <laughs> you, your statute of limitations running out. Already. I know. I know. All right. Hey, I, hey Tony. No, what, Tony, what do you got in a body bag? Oh it's my! It's unzipped. Word. It's sitting there. It's just uh, what, what, what you put in there. So I was basically just going back and forth about the body bag because I was like I was hearing all sorts of takes on it, but. I think my body bag lends to the fact that it's Mr. Kessler from Jefferson High School, where uh, our our famed football star was about to enter a career into nerdery with uh, with some science geeks. But I think it's <laughs> the um, I think it's the uh, premise of how we present uh, schools that are quote unquote better than what the situation is. All right. Yeah. Um, I mean, pers- you can get into this prestigious. Exactly. And just like the pretentiousness about, I ran into football traffic on the way here. And that is why I'm <laughs> late. And I expect you to stay here to present you, present your science project. And I was do, like, do you know who that dude is? Honestly, I don't. So, and uh, Back to the Future 2, this, I'm a huge Back to the Future nerd. So, Back to the Future 2, uh, uh, after Biff gets punched out, and he's like, I think he stole his wallet. 
and he's like, I think he stole his wallet. It's the, it's the same <laughs> dude. God. It's, it's a, he's, so he's wow. very much a, wow. a, a, a very select actor, but he's like the dorky guy that like that that thinks that Marty stole Biff's wallet. So, oh my word, that's yeah. that's a that's a deep take. Right that's a deep that take. is a very deep take that same I never guys, thought about. My my wife knows that. She's like, oh, I know that dude. <laughs> because you've made it watch Back to the Future two seventeen times. Yeah, yeah. good good shit. <laughs> All right. So my body bag. So have a couple going. So going off Nate's. My biggest issue with that whole plot line is how quickly he accepted his buddy back. He, yeah. he yeah. accepted. He, it worked he, out though. He it forgave Troy pretty fucking quick because yeah. it worked and, out. He's he's in the he's in the throes of like passion and like oh my god like this is working out. He's gonna high five everybody. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. It felt really weird to me. He would give Rick a high five. He's like fuck it. This is all working out for me. I know. I don't know. It just seemed awfully fast. He gave him the one thing that was probably the most damning piece of evidence he could do. And I don't know. It just it, he needed to suffer a little bit more, but whatever. Um, well, I think at this point you realize that Troy is Angus's only friend at that point, and I think fair he, enough. You maybe, know. maybe he took it out on him later because he had to he had to move schools and become the Shermanator. Yeah, That's right. oh, in the yeah. American Pie movie. Oh, yeah. totally, totally recreated himself. And then the weird dude from Can't Hardly Wait. So let's just not forget <laughs> about right. that. The, the, the klepto. Oh my yeah. god, he was yeah. in so many high school teenage movies. It's wild. Um, so something else really quick. Uh, some I kind of wanted one more little scene between you. You're talking about the, the relationship between Angus and his grandfather, which, yeah. which was great, but. I, I kind of still felt like there was one little thing that I would have loved to have seen where it was where he actually gave him some, you know, a piece of advice or something where he actually put it into into use. Because, like, a lot of the film is Angus kind of saying, oh, whatever, Grandpa, whatever. It's like he wasn't really listening to him. But, like, I, I would have liked to have seen a scene where he's like, hey, dude, just say what the fuck. And then he went and did it. And then it works like, oh, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he didn't have to die in order to kind of, like, make that Finally, happen. Yeah. I, I kind of wanted that. To, to kind of solidify the relationship before he passed, then that would make the passing a little more impactful. To yeah, me. Grandpa should have got one win where he's starting to trust him, like, oh, exactly. maybe he's got some good advice, right. and then he dies, and it makes it a little bit more like, okay. Exactly. Because, yeah, I see what you're saying. Because like you said earlier, like, I shit you not, when he when Grandpa died, first of all, I saw it coming. I was like, of course he's going to fucking fall asleep, pretending he's asleep. He think he's going to be asleep. Yeah, the whole fall yeah. asleep yeah. playing is like... I a, saw it coming. Anytime really they have a device where it's like right. very yeah. intentional yeah, how yeah. he wakes him up each time, you know it's he's not going to wake up. The heavy's coming. So yeah. maybe because I saw it coming, it, it literally didn't affect me at all. And I did... I teared up. I cried when he went and, and visited his buddy because I felt yeah. this connection between his friend who played chess with... Right. It was really That's strange. Exactly. And, and I was like, why the fuck am I feeling it now? Why am I not feeling it when he, he died? He actually died. Yeah. So that anyway, I, so I think one little scene could have maybe fixed that better, and it yeah. could have been a whole editing thing, budget thing, or whatever. Yeah. That's, and, a, that's, I like, that's yeah. a great point. Well, yeah. you also thought Kathy Bates was more worried about the food than her, her right. dad died. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You don't, you know, it's a, wedding food's important. Okay. Uh, so um, that's, our, that's our snag shag body bags. And next up, you're going to get some streaming recommendations. All right. So I'm going to kick this one off. And I'm going to go a pretty different direction because it's not it's a kid that's quite so out of water. It's not such a bully, but it's like, a kid, it's a kid in high school really trying to navigate things and has a lot of complicated, you know, dynamics with family members and friends and friends with family members. Uh, and she also has a mentor that gives her some really, like, sage advice. 
in there's some fun twists in it too with you know the the mentor what you think the mentor is going to be and so forth and that's the edge of 17 so if you haven't seen it, it's 2016 you can watch it right now on netflix woody harrelson is the mentor in that and like you kind of expect it to go one direction kind of cynically and it doesn't and it's it's really good so so I, it's one i like i've seen it a few times now and and i'm i'm pretty pretty far in on it so uh go grab that one if you like the kind of high school a little bit of less obvious coming of age with some good uh conversation and what's that on as i said you can watch it immediately on netflix oh my bad i i wasn't listening it, it is your bad all right so my streaming recommendation is i'm gonna stick a little bit with the bullying there's definitely some bullying in this movie but i i saw as we were talking about just a second ago i, I saw maverick not too long ago and Val Kilmer just does not get a whole lot of runtime, and it's kind of sad because he's had uh, uh, throat issues and stuff like that. So he couldn't really participate as much as I wanted him to. But if you want to watch Val Kilmer just doing his thing as an action hero, you need to go check out Willow. He gets he gets bullied by uh, uh, a burgle cut who's just an absolute dick in his village, and he he learns to overcome him, and uh, he he realizes that he has he has his role. And, and he ends up being kind of a hero. And there's actually going to be a Willow series coming out on the same place you can watch the original movie. Disney Plus is doing a, a, a series very soon here. They've already got a, a trailer for it. Check it out. It looks legit. It looks it, really it, good. It, they're putting some money into it, and, and it's, uh, it, it's going to be pretty pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it. Warwick Davis is re- reprising his role. Um, I don't think Val Kilmer is reprising, which sucks. I do not think I so. hope that they at least mention him or give him some some props. But or less or maybe it's gonna be a surprise. That would be awesome for a surprise. But I, I just don't think it's gonna happen. I tell you what, one of my fondest high school memories is we watched that movie a lot in your dad's classroom. <laughs> my dad <laughs> loved the movie. Brad's dad loved Willow, and it was so funny because every once in a while you would hear your dad all of a sudden go. Willow, you idiot! <laughs> <laughs> and oh, hearing your dad doing that voice—he's the football coach, you know, a- athletic, yep. and he's doing this goat voice, whatever thing. <laughs> oh God, it used to kill me. I love it. I have yeah. such fun. Oh yeah, no, that. We, we love that movie. He's looking forward to the series too, and and yeah. So Willow on Disney Plus, uh, check it out. There's some some bullying elements. It's somebody who's 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 being treated badly, but they learn to kind of come into their own. Uh, great movie. We also did that on the also rans. That's I mean, not also rans, but uh, uh, an old school garage tape in the basement tapes. Yeah. Basement tapes, oh, nice. BVK. That was that was something well, we did, on and, there, yeah. and we might have to bring that back someday. So we'll see. So this is a movie that actually was brought up completely randomly on on a recent pod, and I, I was I was surprised because I think Zach brought it up. It's a movie called My Bodyguard from 1980, and if you want to talk about a bully oh. movie, and it's it's I, I remember seeing it in the theater and really enjoying this movie. I haven't watched it in forever, so I mean it may be horrible a rewatch, but it's got um, Adam Baldwin and Matt Dillon and Chris Makepeace. Chris Makepeace is uh, Rudy the Rabbit in Meatballs, and so he's he's a young kid. He's getting fucked with, and. He ends up so um, Matt Dillon is a bully and screwing with him and just being a total dickhead to him, and so Chris Mace, Makepeace hires Adam Baldwin to be his bodyguard, to to be the tough guy. Well, then Matt Dillon goes and gets an even tougher tough guy, 
And so, yeah, it's, 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 but it's, it's, I remember it being, it's, it's kind like of, the arms race. Yeah. It's like a Cold yeah. War. Uh, uh, so he hires this, like, fucking, this, like, bald biker dude, this fucking total badass. And so, anyway, but, <laughs> but I remember it being a really good movie. And um, so, anyway, it's called My Bodyguard from 1980. Where, where can Check you it find out. it? So it was on, I just had it up. Oh my, and I closed the screen. It, I don't think you can um, get it for free. It's like on Fubu or something. I don't know. Canopy. <laughs> and now I'm panicking and can't find the screen. And uh, oh yeah, it's on Apple TV for three ninety nine. Right, Amazon. Rental. You're, you're rental. going for the rental. Rental. So. rental. Rental. It's rental. Cold. You know, it's not like people aren't uh, taxed enough. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. All right. So, so, so uh, <laughs> thanks. Uh, I didn't have anything until about ten minutes ago. So fuck off. Uh, uh, all right. So we're now alternate endings or reshelves where we take the movie either and, and or uh, take the either change the ending or we just take it and make it a totally different genre. But you do know what we always do now before we get to those alternate endings is you have to talk about the ending movie song because, you know, this one, he's walking down the street and she takes a glance at him. She looks back through the window and he's kind of doing a little narration and then you kind of get this like nice little score that's kind of ending the mu- uh, ending the movie here. I mean, if you want to just, just dumb it up a little bit and make it a little silly and stupid, why not, as he's walking away, Whitney Houston's classic, Oh, I want to dance with somebody. I want to feel the heat with somebody. You bring that in at the end, and he does a little heel click. Oh, it would be a tremendously trash ending. <laughs> so I'm kind of on your on your page there. A little different, though. All right. What do, okay. what do, what do you got as he's walking down so the street? So he's, he's, they say their goodbyes. He starts to walk down the street. It is in narration. She opens up the, the, the little window, the the, the you know the curtain. I want your sex. George Michael. I want your. And then it actually ends with the. Come on, with her opening up the screen like that. Oh, and then it goes to black. Yeah, that's not bad. Nate, do you got any? You got any finishing songs? I've got. Finish him. I've got nothing. You two are much better at music than I am. Well, at some point I was thinking because because I was looking at year appropriate. So like what songs were big in 95 um, and because he kind of overcomes, it didn't make as much sense, but loser by Beck so was a huge song. So that would have brought it been cool earlier yeah. and earlier in the film. So I didn't think it was good at the end, but loser earlier on. Loser, baby. Oh, wow. Yeah, that would have been bad. Why don't you kill me? Well, Nate, if you don't got a song, I do actually have kind of an alternate ending. Pick me up. Pick and it's, me up. it's related to that, that football, you know, uh, he was a beast on the football field, and that's not going to go unnoticed by the coaches. That's not going to go unnoticed by, by, as Nate mentioned earlier, scouts. His it, the alternate ending is that I mean he goes on to become a just an iconic offensive lineman who is is just wrecking people. He gets moved up to varsity his sophomore year. Um, he's just crushing people. He's he's great on pass. On, on, obviously, he's great on on pass protection. On, and when he he gets violent when he's in run protection, he just just pancakes people left and right. So uh, he ends up he's going to college for for a football scholarship, uh, and that man ends up being Tony Saragusa. <laughs> Rest in peace. Rest the in goose. peace. Goose. <laughs> um, so so I, I have. I'm sorry. Uh, was that uncalled for? Wow. <laughs> was that a little too soon? It's too soon, Brad. I apologize. Uh, so my alternate ending is as usual. Angus till dawn. So Angus uh, shows up at the dance in his purple suit. It, things proceed as they expect. Um, he and Melissa go outside. 
they return to the dance and they expect to like be able to, you know, do their dance and do their thing. And then all of a sudden everyone's a vampire. And so it ends with Angus having to fight his way out protecting Melissa and like they get all the way to the door and there's James Vanderbeek and he has his like fangs out really deep and Angus like thinks he's done for and then all of a sudden Troy comes through with the stake Oh, I thought Ivan was gonna come back as like oh, the oh, head vampire man. and like, like just he's like completely a good vampire. Like, oh, yeah, like he's like a good better. protective vampire. I like that. Kind of like the grandpa in, um, like in Lost, <laughs> Lost Boys. Boys. That, like, okay, edit, edit, edit that out. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> edit that out. Ivan comes back from the dead, and all of a sudden, the stake comes through Vanderbeek's back, like out his chest, and he falls forward, and there's Ivan, a vampire back from the dead, but a good vampire. There we go. And be, be, the beak is dead. Angus and the Lefevre make their way out of the gym and go to credits. Yeah, that's like okay. the rip off of the Lost Boys, but I dig it a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so I, I like, I like that, it. I like that you're you're on that same vibe, and you know our boy Zach isn't here, um, and so you know he does have an interesting taste in films, and and he does like you know kind of different things, and so I did change this to a horror film. And so the events happen kind of the same at the beginning as, as, as the movie. But then Moxon's crew, or Vanderbeek, or whatever, I call him Moxon because he's literally wearing like almost the same uniform as he does in Varsity <laughs> I, Blues. I think he just took it from yeah. one movie to the other. Right. Uh, so his crew, so the other boys, um, start to have some interesting deaths happen. Like one of them kind of shows up. He's, got, he's dead, and he's like this strange shade of like yellow-green you know, type things. Like, okay, how this guy die? It's kind of weird. And then another kid, they find him. He's got like vines and branches and shit growing out of him, like these really weird deaths. And then it eventually culminates into the dance. And there's the big showdown with Dawson, uh, Vanderbeek, whatever the fuck you want to call him, at the dance. And he's about to punch Angus and he just spontaneously combusts, just blows up. And then. Kind of a ready or not type kind of. of yeah. <laughs> and then so finally, Angus decides to confess to everyone that he's been using the bullies as a science projects and cause he's the all chemical. in science. Oh, chemical. Oh. And he's been using them to, to get into his, his special school. Uh, he thought, and so he's basically the bullying has caused him so much fucking stress that he becomes, that he, yeah, he's kind of evil and he's, but he's using these sciences. He he's thinks, like, he's oh, like, they'll, they'll want me in the school because these he, science experiences he's are so great. He's basically Carrie, like it's Carrie. It's he like an he brings an exploded yeah. carcass back to the, uh, the, the, the school admissions <laughs> guy and drops in there. He's like, look what I did, motherfucker. I science. So that. he confesses all this shit <laughs> and, and you know, the, like the authorities, you know, the, the sirens are going off. They're starting to show up. And then like his best friend, Troy comes up and like hugs him and apologizes and stuff for, for what he did to betraying him with the film and all that stuff anger says dude i forgive you and kind of you know places his hand on his cheek and then as they walk off you know they, they take him under custody and the camera goes back to troy and right where he touched him on his cheek there's these little blisters starting to fall oh his cheek. he killed troy <laughs> because he <laughs> fucked him over dude oh angus is like a serial killer now man damn that yeah. got deep zach's gonna Yeesh. love it yeah. <laughs> that's in honor of zach for sure zach's that's for you buddy love it oh, oh. man Wow. So that was, that's a pretty good run. The only one, the one thing I just, as you were talking about that with the other bullies that we didn't talk about ever, but you know who one of the two bullies is that is with? It's E from Entourage. Entourage. Yeah. yeah. Which I like couldn't, you know, 
the first time 10 years I would have seen it, I would have been like, I don't know who that guy is, but now seeing it, you know? Yep. Um, okay. So that was Angus. With Thank, Angus. With Angus. And Tony, who inspired us to do Angus. So we appreciate his, uh, his pushing us to do that. What are we doing next week? I you think might. we're going to try to do a little bullying. Yeah. I think, I think we're all feeling, we're feeling bullyish. So we got a draft coming, and what better to do than the most memorable school age, school related bullies to follow on Dawson bullying Angus? It's 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 an interesting uh, topic because we could we could kind of go stray off the path a little bit, but we're trying to reel it in with school aged. But uh, we're gonna yeah. find out. I, I want to say that happens. that. Not knowing Angus and then finding out that that Dawson's the bully there, now he has two roles where he's a complete like dickhead jerk, and then he's got Dawson's. But I'm like, that's two roles to one where he's one's. A, so it was a surprise that he did a good guy role because he's he's now known for bad guy roles because uh, uh, for for both Angus and for uh, the rules, rules of, of attraction. He's just yeah. a dick. Although there he is Moxon and where he oh, kind, he comes kind of a dick in varsity. Was this kind of a two two? I don't want. Oh, I guess. I guess. I don't talking. want your life. And then you he's didn't in, do it. And he was actually nice in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. So when are we gonna do Varsity Blues? Yeah, I, oh boy. M- my buddy Josh mentioned that he goes. He goes oh, Josh wants it. He, he's, There's it, demand. Well, he was saying he's like, dude, this is your second Vanderbeek, man. When's, I think when's Varsity Blues. We might actually have to try to contact Vanderbeek and just be like, bro, come on. We've done two. I, I think. I think we have to. We we've hit up a couple of movies. Nate like was in your fan club back in the day, so I think I it's about pres- time. I was the president of the Dawson's. Club that we need club. to go ahead and. Uh, but you're just trying to get closer to. Uh, Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. Er- mm. Erroneous. Mm. <laughs> All right. So that was whatever Ang- it takes, Nate. Whatever it takes. That was Angus. I hope you enjoyed the pod. I hope you enjoyed us talking to to uh, Charlie and and talking about you know his experience becoming Angus. Uh, and I hope you'll join us next week when we do the most memorable bullies draft. Hey, folks, share us on the socials. Like, like tell your friends about it. Like, there's some fun stuff. I know you guys are enjoying the pods, and like, if you're enjoying it, there's other folks that enjoy it. Well, and the best thing you can do is is literally just go to one of the wherever you listen, Spotify or or Apple Pods. You can hit the little three but three dots, I think, and it, you just hit share. It'll go right to your text messages. And just text some folks. And, and you like, just t- just t- just think like, who's my f- who's the person I know that likes either podcasts or movies the most, or especially if anyone likes both, and just say, hey, this is a podcast I listen to that I like. That's the best thing you can do to help us. We don't we're not asking for you to send donations. Back, we just want you to share us. Back in the day, to support a band, you had to buy a fucking CD or an album yeah. or whatever. And now, just tell a friend. Tell and a friend. Just get streams. Yeah, that's that's free. It's, it's free. It costs zero. It costs you zero. And if you really want to, you know, share. If you really want to help us out, like share one of our posts on your social medias. Uh, or comment, or uh, or go to Spotify or Apple Pods and leave us a review, and you know tell us some cool stuff that you like about the pod. Or go to your favorite sporting event and streak across the field with a BVK podcast logo or something. That'll work too. That that's, works too. That's, that's free. Great, that's, doesn't cost that, that you doesn't anything. Cost you anything. You'll probably get kicked out of that stadium. But who wanted to go back? Well, maybe some bail. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that if you do those things, that's cool. Um, but. Either way, just keep listening and uh, and let us know uh, what you're liking by going uh, following us on our socials. All right, that's Angus. Uh, we will uh, see you next week. Bye bye.
Magic Baker's podcast. Let's start this thing.